Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you guys very very much for being back with us here for episode number 158 it is monday december the 16th 2019 and as always we're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling i'm joe Murata, joined by michael quinn how you doing there michael howdy diddy quinn what's going on man it's almost uh, uh festivus it, it is almost festivus in fact next week is festivus right? next week is festivus actually we're gonna have a holiday special next week folks yeah it's already that time huh it's already that time believe it or not but it's also gonna be time for some retro wrestling here this week we're uh-huh. gonna romp you guys through it before though we get to any of that we do have a few administrative things to talk about if you have a twitter you can follow us there there's some great video clips that we like to tweet out out, People, of, out of the archives right out of the ovp mm-hmm. library yes and uh, you can do that at ovp podcast on twitter you can also email us if you'd like at ovp podcast at gmail.com that is ovppodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, there's a really neat site to uh, talk to us and a bunch of other retro wrestling fans. It's Where is it? Very neat, neat, neat. Um, <laughs> it's over at Facebook. Ever hear of that? Face, yes. Maybe, otherwise known as Face Space, uh, Face Goobers. The, the uh, Facebook. Yeah, the Facebook. If yeah, Bret so Hart was saying it. Yeah, I, I'm sure he said that. But you know, you know, Facebook. You know, I thought I had a good profile picture. I mean, Brett was an original, right? Remember he when was. he had the AOL disc and everything? <laughs> anyway, over at thefacebook.com, there's a search bar. It's very important. Okay. It's a big deal. It's kind of like the AOL keyword situation. Right. Again, Brett knows about that. So of course he does. You know, over at facebook.com slash neat. Type in the search bar, our vantage point, dash, retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tubes, gore, kaflooey. Right. You hit the yes, I'm, I want to join. <laughs> you hit yes. You, you hit yes, and the operators are like, he said yes, and then they, <laughs> they, they allow you to come in the board there, yeah, I guess. Yeah, the, the neat board there, and once you're in that board, the whole point of our group, folks, you know, w- there's tons of places to discuss wrestling, I don't know if you've ever been on Twitter, they do it there. There's also a lot of negativity, so we try to weed out all the negativity towards each other, and we just talk about the wrestling. Now, you don't have to you don't have to like the same things that everybody likes. You of know, course not. Whether you like old WWF only, or maybe you like every promotion, or you're a Southern wrestling fan mm-hmm. want to talk a little current that's fine too. want to talk a little turtles want to talk a little ninja turtles we're fine with that the whole point i believe quinn coined it a couple of weeks ago is don't be a dingus yeah don't dingus it up and you know you're fine yeah that's it just, just be- don't dingus okay non-dingus like, zone just come in don't dingus enjoy the wrestling and turtles and other things and have fun and you're good to go yeah so that's facebook uh check it out there also, later on the show, we're going to give you a little bit more information, but we do have a Patreon that's if you want to support the show. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. You know, if you like what we do, maybe you've been listening a while and you want some extra OVP content, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We've got all sorts of stuff. Live 1983 reviews. we got pay-per-view reviews. Mm-hmm. There's a lot on there. A lot of cool I mean, stuff. Hundreds of videos, audio things. Yep. Extra shows. Yeah. It, it's a lot of stuff all combined. Yep. Commentaries, whatever. Just go check it out. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Quinn, this season, which is now winding down, as is the year 2019, we have been celebrating wrestlers that did not spend most of their career at the top of the card. No, not at all. But they also didn't spend most of the, their career at the bottom of the card. Yeah, they weren't big losers. No, no, no. 
These are people that were pretty much, for most of their careers, firmly in the middle. And the importance that these people have in wrestling and our memories cannot be understated. So this week, it is our OVP salute. To the mid-card. Final answer. Final answer? Yeah, final answer. The Big Boss Man is our final answer oh, for this week. Look there at he that. Is. Ray bosom. Trailer. Yes. Mr. Bosom. <laughs> the Big Bosom Man. I personally really, really like him in almost every iteration. He's very good. And he's <laughs> he very is. intimidating. But he can also be goofy. He can be evil. A good like, face, too. Yeah, he's just kind of like all arounder, right? It's, it's surprising. You know, especially during his big push in the early 90s, that yep. they never really, like, ascended him. He seemed like they were grooming him. For at least the Intercontinental title. Yeah. Right, if nothing else. If nothing else, but also, especially with, like, it's interesting because he was around when the transition was, like, no more Hogan. Yes, anymore. he was, yeah. And it seemed like he was, like, a natural guy that maybe could have floated to the top. Yeah, maybe help carry the banner a little bit. After all that went down, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, let's roll it back to when he started wrestling. He actually was a former corrections officer in Cobb County, Georgia. Yep, that's real real to life, right? Yep, exactly. Real to life, is that how they say it? Uh, True to life. True to life, yes. Yes, True to life. life. And he actually started in the Crockett Promotions in 85, initially kind of as a jobber under his real name. You know, big kid, young guy, 22, I think, when he started. Mm -hmm. The Big Chief against Ray Trailer. And Dusty took a look at this guy, Dusty being the booker, obviously, of Crockett during that time, and he said, you know, there's something to this guy. He's big, he can move. Let's well, move. yeah, <laughs> I mean, you just take a look at him. Like, even just him being huge, like, he didn't even have to move. Like, you could use him as a big monster. Could like, have been he, the next Haystacks Calhoun. No. Yeah, he's very, he was Haystacksy at the beginning. I mean, he was a big boy. A lot of hate. Yeah. But instead, what they did is they took him off TV a while, and they repackaged him as a heel. Big Bubba Rogers. Sheds a street code. Street code, you know, Bubba is just like he'd be in a, bu- in a bunkhouse stampede right now. You wear yeah, what you yeah, want. He's he ready to go. He just takes Bubba. off his hat and his jacket, and uh, he's got his shirt on, his suspenders, and he's just going to go as is. Big Bubba Rogers, the kind of intimidating, menacing bodyguard of one James E. Cornette. Right. They went the proto-diesel route with him, where he was a yeah. bodyguard first, right? Yeah, with for the, the For the... <laughs> extremely annoying Jim Cornette. <laughs> the aggravating, irritating, and also highly entertaining Jim Cornette. Yeah, and Jim Cornette would spout his mouth off, but he had this big, fat guy <laughs> yeah. with a suit or whatever. Don't hat. forget the hat. Um, like he beard. was like a blues brother or something <laughs> with sunglasses. You know what I mean? Like that was yeah. like that was definitely like the look they were going for. It with was. Him. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, it's very blues brotherish. Uh, and Dusty called him Bubber all the time, as yep. we like to say, Big Bubber, yeah, Big Bubber, <laughs> Big Bubber. We talking Bubber? And I guess his most one of his most notable incidents is when he failed to catch Jim Cornette off the scaffold at yeah. Starcade. Now I recently watched this, and it's like he kind of like. I don't know, like, I think Jim, it might have been a combination, like, Jim couldn't hold on anymore, and, right. like, Bubba's, like, on his way in <laughs> right. as he's, like, falling. Look at Cornette! Ah! Well, is that how the story goes, is that Bubba was supposed to catch him? Yes, and he just didn't. But he wasn't even there in time, that's what I mean, is, like, that's why when I look back at the tape... He didn't make it in time. Yeah, that I'm like, what the... What did Jim Cornette? He just couldn't hang on anymore. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I do know that uh, Bubba continued to wrestle for a bit. He went to the uh, the Universal Wrestling Federation. Not, Why would you do not that? the Herb one? No, yeah. no, no, the Mid South one. No, I not know Herb. even that one though, because that one was like on the way to get bought at that point. <laughs> yeah, time. it was right around when Crockett bought it actually, yeah. and then he left in '88. Left the NWA entirely in '88. 
briefly uh, tickled All Japan Wrestling before showing up. Yes, he did. Very briefly. And then showed up in the WWF in June of 1988 using a gimmick known as the Big Boss Man, Mm -hmm. which is actually something that people used to call Andre. Oh, really? Vince McMahon notably calls Andre that, like, on Saturday Night's main event and stuff in 85. interesting. I didn't know that. Andre, the Big Boss Man in there. Mm. Yeah. And the Big Boss Man steps over the top rope. So it was like a little play on that. No, I thought it was like a cop reference, though. It's like, you, you know. It just worked, you know. Yeah. Now, here's the here's always the funny thing about this gimmick is that for whatever reason, at first they're like, he's a corrections officer, right? Yep. But almost like instantly, like very quickly, they're like, no, he's a cop. Like they, and they, and they, it's and like he arrests they, people. They spent like years trying to like <laughs> rewrite that they that he was a corrections officer yeah mooney would always be like on this coliseum what crimes uh your lordship do you think that the big boss man is charging yeah, irs they, with they would oh, just, i don't know sean i think hey you know he cheated on his taxes yeah they keep going on he doesn't have that power it's <laughs> right. a correct it's after you've been when you're in jail decided. <laughs> like it, there is no arresting it's just you're you're keeping him in the jail right you're keeping him in it he's already in it other yeah. cops have already arrested he him. He doesn't charge people. <laughs> no, right. Maybe he can give them shots, you know, how prison is. If you break the well, rules, you get a shot. Get a little out of line there. Yeah. Like nails, obviously. Yeah, got exactly. a shot. But let's <laughs> let's talk about him in the WWF. He obviously is a heel to start with. His first big, big debut uh, is at SummerSlam 88. Defeats mm-hmm. Coco Beware. Big he, boss man slam and uh, oh, finish yeah. there. Yeah, Good, very great quick. finish. Yeah. Great finish, Good by stuff. the way. Uh, and also, big boss man was literally living up to the big part of his name for the first couple of years. Oh boy, yeah. So we've commented on this when, you know, especially with the pay-per-view reviews, if you want to listen to him on Patreon. But yep. he is a big boy when he comes in, like, extra fat. He must have been a legit 340, 350. I swear he gained weight. So he already was fat in WCW, right. but, like, he is much pudgier when he first comes in. He's like, than, large. Even there. He's very big. Maybe it's also because he has short sleeves, so you can see more... <laughs> Pudge. And his shirt's I, 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 always getting untucked and everything. I want to be the <laughs> nicest I can be about it. Yes. That's, that's why I'm hesitating. But yeah. That's nice, Gwen. He just looks fatter. He just looks large. Yeah. And he's managed by Slick. And soon after, in the later part of 88, he joins up with Akeem and they become a team that I love, the Twin Towers. I love that team. I think it's such a fun, entertaining it's team. It's fun, but it's short. Well, it is and it isn't. What, so them being important is short. Yes, it's like two months or <laughs> yeah. it's like three months or whatever. There's like Survivor Series '88. They matter. Yeah, and then they uh, are instrumental in that whole Mega Powers match in February of '89, breaking mm-hmm. up the Mega Powers. You know, main event. And then they kind of. And then I, they don't really matter. Right. They've done their thing. They've done that, but they're kept together for like a year after that. Correct. Like, after being completely irrelevant. Yep. Now, Boss Man, you know, he would still wrestle singles sometimes, and he was treated. Upper mid, kind of like Bam Bam we talked I mean, about last he, week. He, especially at that uh, Survival Series uh, 88. Yes, he was, they, right. They seem to be hinting that he's going to fight the big Hulk Hogan there. And he did uh, on a number of house shows, and most notably, I'd say, on, I believe it was the May of 89, Saturday Night's main event in a steel cage match. Right. A suplex! Yes! I can't believe it! I've never seen a suplex off the top of the cage before! That's the typical, they bring in some mid-carder, and he's going to be in the main event once and then never again. But it was a good feud. Yeah. Let's be honest. It was a good little feud and a good match. It's interesting, too, because Hulk Hogan is, like, for justice and stuff like that. And to fight a crooked cop just seems right up his alley. (laughs) That's true. Even though he's not a cop. He's not a cop. 
So by early of uh, 1990, the Twin Towers break up because Bossman refuses to be bribed by DiBiase to get yeah. involved in the Jake feud and all he, that. He still has his morals, even though he's crooked. It's yeah. He, like, <laughs> all of a sudden, he's like uncrooked. He thought about it and he straightened out a little bit, and he's like, yeah. "I'm not doing that." So he yeah. feuds with DiBiase. Uh-huh. He also pokes his nose into like being the guest ref somehow at SummerSlam 90 for like the Jake Bad News Brown match. He is, <laughs> he is a police officer, allegedly. <laughs> and that's really when they started to play that up is when yeah. he turned face in 90. They're like, oh, he's a cop now. I, it's so irritating how they can never make up their mind. Like sometimes they'll be, sometimes he'll come out and they'll be like, oh, former corrections officer. And then in two seconds later, it's like, oh, he's going to administer justice yeah. like a cop. It's so weird. Uh, but then he starts feuding with the Heaton family at the end of 90. Uh, Rick Rude and Bobby make fun of Bossman's mom, so Jack yes. Tunney is, will not stand for that. In light of the insidious and inflammatory remarks and unmentionable actions of Bobby the Brain Heenan and ravishing Rick Rude, it is my decision as World Wrestling Federation president to indefinitely suspend Rick Rude from active participation in the WWF. Mother. This is one of the weirdest episodes. The fact yes. that this is the excuse for why Rude <laughs> leaves is very odd. It's one of my funny, the funniest things. <laughs> for making remarks about Big Boss Man's mother, yeah. <laughs> therefore, <laughs> you know, henceforth. Furthermore, yeah. uh, never fucking again yeah. will Big Boss Man have his mom made fun of. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the Heenan family feud continues. Bobby kind of takes Rude's place. He goes through the Barbarian at Rumble 91. And then the big Mr. Perfect match which he doesn't win the Intercontinental title. This is always perplexing to me because he's built up for so long. Like Joe. a year. Like, yeah, like, and it's almost like by the time they get to WrestleMania 7, it feels like a foregone conclusion, yes, right? right. He's going to win the IC title. it just doesn't happen. They just don't do it. And that's, what it, Does anybody know what the fuck happened? No, or? they were never going to put it on him. It was just a feud that he was going to lose. Yeah, it just seemed like, they, it seemed like they really wanted him to be like, you know, the IC champ, sure. like take the Warriors mantle. No, there. I think they were just building a, a good WrestleMania angle, but the the winner was going to be perfect. You know, yeah. like that's all it was. I guess so. And that was kind of the highest he got in WWF. Uh, and then obviously the most entertaining feud would be the one with the Mountie, which we've right. talked which about. Which is right after the Mr. Perfect. Mm-hmm. It's like almost instantly yep. afterwards. And, you know, the Mountie, he's all like, I am the, I'm re- the real I, cop. I'm the real police here. <laughs> yeah. the, I'm the real officer of the law. Yeah. You know how he is. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. We talked about it in the Jacques Rougeau episode a few weeks back. So yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. yeah. If you didn't listen to that one, check that one out. Uh, and then in 92, he's middling for a bit, feuds with like IRS and shit. And then, of course, <laughs> this the- big tailor made for him feud, by the way. You might say trailer made. Trailer. Thank yeah, you. Ray trailer. Uh, nails. Yes. So they bring, <laughs> Boss in, man! Uh, so they bring in Nails, right? Um, yes. So Nails. Here's the interesting part is that Nails is a character entirely devoted to the boss man. Like how kind of like Kane is devoted to the Undertaker. Right. Yes. His origin story is that the boss man like beat him up or something when when, back when he was a corrections officer. And Nails has been like waiting for years and like he gets out of jail and it's so fast that he doesn't even take off the jail uniform. He's like, (laughs) I need to go get this fucking guy. He doesn't even like go and buy clothes. He's like, I want to remember this. Like, you know how he is. But he doesn't really sound like that because he has a voice changer. You don't find out he sounds like that until like he's in the Boston Wrestling Federation or whatever that shit is. 
They don't have it. You know what it's I mean? real. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter where I go, but now I'm stepping foot in the New England Wrestling Federation. So they have this feud that we all know about. Bossman's put out of action for a while, uh, and then they have the stupid nightstick match at Survivor Series. It stinks. Yeah, it does. Bad. Like it, it's it, very it, disappointing. It's after, yeah. especially with the like deep backstory. Like <laughs> yeah. I can't believe that they like expounded on the boss man corrections officer more than they like needed to the fact that there's like an actual like prison person that's upset with him is, yeah. is kind of hilarious kind of smart too yeah. it was, it's just if it was anyone but nails it might have been a lot better but he was a horrible wrestler yeah why didn't they they could have picked anybody for that like, literally just put the orange jumpsuit on him like where was dan spivey we couldn't have gotten, gotten ken patera <laughs> that would have been amazing actually I think like, the timing would have lined like, up, if too. If he, like, came back, and he's like, I've been waiting. Like, you know what I mean? Because I think that if you use the math, like, Nails was in jail in, like, 1985 from the amount of time he says he was in jail. Yeah. And it would have lined up with Patera. It would have lined up perfectly. Like, it, they could have gotten away with it, honestly. So, Bossman leaves early 93. So, has big appearances against Bigelow at uh, January 93's Royal Rumble. He has a little run-in with Doink. Doink, you think I'm too serious? Well, you ain't seen nothing yet. You're the kind of trash that likes to hurt people, make people sad. Well, next week, I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to make you sad, and I'm going to see how you like it, punk. So get ready to serve nothing but hard time. He makes a one-off comeback as a referee in, like, December of 93. I don't even remember Not on TV. Yeah, I don't even remember this. But then he shows up on WCW Saturday night to fight Rick Rude. Now, when okay, so I... Does he come in as the boss yes. or something? Okay, okay so I'll please explain real this, quick. yeah. He comes in in his boss man attire in December of 93 to replace Davey Boy Smith, who left or drugs or both, right? Yeah. Like always with him. Yeah. Okay. So he fights Rick Rude, like fi- like the big surprise opponent for Rick Rude. Tony Schiavone is like, that's the boss. And that's it, right? Right. We he's don't... just the boss, not big anymore. Right. He's not big. Or a man. <laughs> no, he's just a boss. Yeah. Take him. It's the, it's the boss. And then we see him a little bit later after that. And he's got the black uniform, and now he's actually supposed to be a cop in WCW. Oh, look at that. He's they like finally the, retconned it, right? Yeah, the dark blue, actually, cop uniform. And that's where he starts that awesome feud that you and I love with Vader. Yes, very good feud. <laughs> See, this is the thing, is that I feel like this guy, he's so interesting to me because I feel like he somehow like had this slow building resurgence like, yes. into the late nineties. His ninety four like, is incredible. Right, he's very good. <laughs> he has a bunch of matches with Vader. You can check them all out. He gets stripped of the boss gimmick, which in real life they couldn't use it anymore because it was similar to the big boss man. Mm-hmm. So he becomes a guardian angel, which right. we've talked about in the past. Which is right? an interesting tie-in to say <laughs> yeah. the least. It's I don't know if you've ever heard that it's like they were kind of like a volunteer vigilante vigilante group in like the 70s, late 70s when like right? new york city was really bad the and, they, years. and they weren't like vigilante like like they weren't like beating people up no, or anything. they no. were just like kind of a neighborhood watch yeah and they were like pioneers at what they did so the that that was like a whole thing so yeah. it was like they were trying to tie it into that to try to like oh look he's doing a good thing for kids and yeah. shit like that yeah so he's that until about january 95 and then he turns heel again and becomes big bubber again for like all of 95 now that was weird i didn't like it big bubber yeah. all, all, and but it allowed us to hear dusty sand commentary <laughs> big bubber again big bubber we talking bubber and then he was in the dungeon of doom right for a long that time was, that was very odd yes and like, he didn't really do anything notable except like shave tenta's mustache or well, something and, and come out to the ah ha 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 <laughs> music you know and then on late 96 he joins the nwo 
Right. It's just Bubba, I think, and, at that point. Yeah, <laughs> and no one cared because it was when, like, IRS was in the NWO. To me, that and, was just, uh, he's in WF, like, yeah, once. Right. So, like, let's put him in that. And then he becomes, he gets kicked out of the NWO. Is that because they have, like, too many people? What's that, that thing where Bischoff is like, they have that's to? That's only IRS they okay. do that, too. <laughs> it wasn't like they didn't like him, they just no. had to or something. Right, right. And then he just wrestles under his real name uh, a little bit in 97, 98, and then he sits out the rest of his contract uh, after early 98. So this is interesting. He tails off in WCW, right? He trailers off. He trailers off. Stop. At that point in time, I was like, we're never going to see this guy again. Right, like, right. It's like he his run is complete. You know, he did all he could do. Right. And then all of a sudden, he's in WF again. Right. So in October of 98, Vince McMahon has a mysterious bodyguard with him in a SWAT costume and a big mask. Right. And we don't know who it is. And I didn't know. It was a kid watching at the time. I remember right. seeing I, this. I had no clue. Like, who is this guy? So a little bit later, he's unmasked, and it's Big Boss Man. Yeah, I'm like, holy it was shit. Like, it was, like, fucking shocking. It like, was great. I, I was like, wait a second. The Big Boss Man's a thing again? And he's, like, the Big Boss <laughs> yeah. Man, but he just has a SWAT gear on yep. instead of the dumb fucking cop uniform. And this version of Boss Man... I, oh my goodness. I honestly uh, think he's underrated. He's one of it's almost better than his first WF run. It might be. I, I don't know how to else to say it because it's attitude era boss man. It's attitude, but he is so evil. Like he is like more evil than ever. Right. He's like the corporation's big pain in the ass. Like he's always running into shit and being annoying. Yeah, but on top of that, he does evil acts. Like, for example, at big shows like Dad's Funeral. With the megaphone. He gets like he puts a gigantic <laughs> megaphone on like I don't know, like a Cadillac or something. <laughs> yeah, like, and then and then he's like yelling at Big Show from the megaphone, and then he reveals that he's hooked the coffin to the, the Cadillac and he just drags it away and then Big Show like jumps on it and he like drags him to the off. cemetery. Hey listen big man I'm able to pay my respects just like everybody else is. So if you don't want to be six foot deep laying beside your dear old daddy you'll listen to your mama. It's so dumb. And of course he made Al Snow eat his own dog. Right. So that was the that was like the sequel, right? It's like after that he got in a feud with Al Snow, which involved dogs pissing in a cage. I won't get into it. The point is that that like near the end of it, I think, like basically like he's like, I'm gonna be friends with you, Al Snow. Let's like make amends. And then he brings Al Snow to a hotel room and says, like, I made he's like, I made you dinner or whatever, and then he like leaves it to him. And then he interrupts, like he comes afterwards and he's like, ah ha 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 and then Al Snow's like, what? I don't understand. Got too much pepper in there. Yeah, yeah, and then he realizes that he ate his own dog. And it's, what is this? It's so fucked up. Like, but the big boss man, it's like he plays it straight. He plays it straight. Like this was his master plan. Like it's amazing. Like no one gives any credit either for this run because I think he was just really annoying during this period. Yeah, of time. it's so, great. So people didn't like him. But you're looking, not supposed to like but him. But looking back, these were like masterful heel acts. <laughs> yeah, that, that really... I, I've not seen topped in quite a long time. What a cartoon heel in a good way and then of course 2000 he has a great team with bull buchanan who Mm. is great and i don't want to hear otherwise stinky i love barry buchanan that's when i started to like really like okay are we done with the big he was like (laughs) that bull buchanan garbage didn't he like break up with him too and there was like a fight about it there was a fight about it yeah and then he kind of just fades away he's barely there in in 01 i think he teamed with booker t a little bit this very sad like dark match or something where he has like a shirt on or something. I, I, yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, he doesn't like, have the SWAT costume, right? It's bad. He almost looks like he's in the Truth Commission or something. <laughs> like, it's terrible. His last actual appearance in WWF is May of 2002. Wow. But he was like very sporadic after 2000. You wouldn't see him on Raw it much. It sounded like they probably like were like, okay, your your time has come. It's right. like, it's time to go. You know what's weird though? He was really only like 37, 38 when he was winding down. He's a bigger guy though. Maybe he, he was just been. less mobile. Yep. 
Yeah. And obviously, unfortunately, he passed away at the age of only 41. Right. This in, was very shocking. In 2004. And that's Ray Trailer's very brief history of his career. Let's talk real quick about him. I think he's another great big man. He wasn't always big. He yeah. wasn't always a boss either, but no. a great big man when he was, you know, like 86 through 89. Yeah, I really think when the weight came off, too, in like 1990, yep. like that's when all of a sudden he really became like quick but big. Yes. And I really like that. He had that move where he would like slide like under the, the rope ropes. and give you an uppercut on the. Yeah. Like that shit was awesome. He had some unique moves. The rope attack where he'd like sit on them while yeah. they draped across the ropes. He had the boss man slam, which I love. Yeah, as the boss a finisher. man slam is an underrated finisher because that shit looks like it's like one of the only slam moves where I'm like, man, that fucking looks like it would hurt. Yeah. You know, especially Seriously. when you do it on the outside sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah, that shit was crazy. Uh, could cut a decent promo as a heel or a face, I think. Yeah. Right? I mean, I mean, not amazing. I, decent him something good like when he's talking about his mama then <laughs> shit's dumb my but, mama uh i thought he worked great as a face because he could sell really well as a face and really get get yeah, sympathy i mean he he did a lot of those like during that face run he would do a lot of those like coming from behind kind of victories yeah, you know? um but he also could he also could be a heel and he could also like have a quick match like i remember notably like it's very peppy that thing with the rock where he like oh yeah, yeah but the boss man just like darts in there yeah. too on top of it yeah. so it's kind of like again the boss man is not like a, a normal fat guy where no. he doesn't move around he's like he's quick right so he can like do a sneak attack where he runs after the rock it fails sure but the point is he can do it <laughs> he'd, he'd try and obviously we've talked about it a lot of times and if you haven't seen any of it folks check it out wcw 94 yeah he's really underrated the then. boss and guardian angel whenever uh versus vader they're Stuff is, yeah, it sounds stupid from the characters, so but it's good. really good. Yeah, really. So I don't think he ever would have been a world champion. Truthfully, I think no. he could have been an intercontinental champion, though. Yeah, it, it just seemed there wasn't a t- there was like a time period where it seemed like they were grooming him to move up. Yeah, and but it, he just never did. But after like ninety one, it was just like they were like, nah, you know yeah. what? Never mind. If you're gonna exist at a time like in the early nineties, late eighties, where Hulk Hogan does and Randy Savage does and the Ultimate Warrior does, yeah, you know like, what I mean? Like I said, he had the he had the unique opportunity of being there when Hulk faded away, so right. there was still the possibility. Right. That's why that it was always like teased. I felt right. Yeah, I think he would have been a good Intercontinental Champion. I don't think he ever would have been a World Champion. I think he wasn't the best promo in the world but i thought he was great in the ring yeah really good in the ring didn't he have the intercontinental title briefly or something maybe in the like, hardcore belt he had the hardcore a lot yeah 98 tag belt with ken shamrock yeah the tag belts a lot but that's our little shout out to ray trailer the big boss man big bubber whatever you yeah. want to call him truly one of the great big men and seriously someone that i love and uh was happy to salute here Yep. In the mid card. So, folks, when we come back, guess what? We've got two more of the worst themes as voted by you, the fans. They are coming out of the tank, and we're going to see where they rank. That's right. It is the royal flush of wrestling themes. And that is coming up right after this. Hey, Big Boss Man, what are you doing here? When I'm in the wrestling ring laying down law and order, everybody serves hard times. But when it comes to fun time, I'm right here at Toys R Us. Yeah, I can understand that. But what you doing here right now? Well, I'm here to apprehend all the law-breaking action figures, such as this man right here, Macho King Randy Savage. Oh. Puck, you're mine. Easy, easy. Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Nothing but hard times for you, Puck. Hey, here's one of you, Whoa. Boss Man. Oh, oh no. No, please. Oh, no. Ooh, boss man, don't. Not handcuffed, please. No. 
Come on. Sorry, Mean Gene. This one right here is mine. Please don't leave me, Big Boss Man. I'll definitely be seeing you at Toys R Us. And now, back to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It is episode number 158 here on Monday, December the 16th, 2019. Thanks for being with us. Hey, Quinn, let's talk about Patreon. You heard of it, right? Oh, yeah, Patreon. Yeah, Patreon.web or whatever it is. Yeah, Patreon.com, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, wrong site. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Now, the reason we do this is not to try to, like, you know, we don't expect to make, like, thousands of dollars doing this or anything like that. We it's s- no step-toe. We're not step-toe and son. And we certainly don't want to rip you guys off by offering, like, the $20 Smell Quinn's underwear tier or whatever. I'm not. We I, don't do I'm that. Not, I mean, if you want my old underwear, <laughs> No, 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 let's not. $700. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe then. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the reason we do it is because we've been doing the show, you know, for three years, uh, a little over three years. And if you like it, we want to give you content in return for supporting us. We try to give you your money's worth on that. It's just three tiers. It's $2 or $3 or $5. That's it. It maxes out at 5 bucks, and we'll run them down for you real quick. $2 is going to get you the weekly, every Monday. When we release an audio show, there's also a video that comes out. Yeah, the, the making. Yeah, the making of. You can see our shirts and in all the stupid crap that happens, yeah. the side conversations. Yep. It's not just that, because so maybe you're not interested in that video stuff. There's a back archive of like three dozen OVP commentaries. Oh, yeah. You get that with it? Which is us basically doing a commentary on a specific match from yep. the WWE we Network. You the timestamp. You can kind of just hit play and yep. hit play on us. And, and there you, know, you go. Sync them up and you're good. Um, the other thing, though, is there's also Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. There's like extra ones. There's about like 12-ish of those. Yes. That's right. The four best and four worst of something. Right. And they're funny and they're stupid and they're silly and you'll like them. And that's just two dollars a month, an and entire month. Yeah, it's like it's all like over a hundred things. Yeah, like, <laughs> literally, literally, with all the videos and all that content. One hundred and fifty things or something. And now, if you upgrade that just to one more dollar, so now we're only at three dollars for a month. You get everything we just mentioned, and every other Friday, what comes out is Quinn and I live watching, live reviewing WWF Championship Wrestling. Right now, we're in March of nineteen eighty-three. We did all of eighty-two. <laughs> yes, those are bi-weekly. There's a bunch that are free too now. Yes, um, on YouTube, we're approaching about twenty of them are free so mm-hmm. it's like we're kind of ahead yeah on the uh, patreon so if you you finish up with those you check it out and you're like i really like this yep. you can keep going because yep. there's plenty of more weeks to go that's us literally going through week by week wbf's programming starting in january of 82 and like i said we're up to march of 83 so you get to watch it along with us learn along with us and enjoy the side conversation and the casual banter that quinn and i provide of course exactly. it's like watching with your friends that's the whole point of it and there's an audio version of that as well if you're not into the video content yes. we release it in audio form yep and we're release the free ones weekly on this feed also yes. if you, again if you want to try it out the audio out. versions exactly so that's only three dollars a month and then if you upgrade to the final upgrade is only five dollars a month it's going to get everything we just mentioned and the biggie every single month quinn and i are reviewing in order every wwf pay-per-view literally mm-hmm. ever yep and we started with wrestlemania one and uh this month if it's not out now it'll be coming out any day now is survivor series 88 survival series yeah, survival yes. series 88 yes. is bad news that brown will, says never not be out of my head now <laughs> i can't believe he said that he really did yeah and uh, next month obviously coincidentally it's january it'll be rumble 89 now these shows are full podcasts we're talking two and a half sometimes three hours or more you get your 
month's worth. You really do. For $5 a month, it's Quinn and I dissecting and analyzing in the OVP style every WWF pay-per-view. People seem to like them. So again, that's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. If you want to support the show, we'd be very thankful. But ultimately, we're just thankful that you're even listening to begin with. Yes, we are. So there you have that. Now, Quinn, we're doing the Royal Flush this week. And if we have a new listener or two, let's explain what that is. Before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to vote on a topic and give us your 10 best of something and 10 worst. And for this season, it was entrance themes. Uh, The rankings for next season will be up soon on Facebook if they're not already. And what we have come up with now is the 10 best and the 10 worst. So each week we alternate, we pull two names out until the end of the season where we're going to have the official OVP certified, organic, non-GMO, baptized, and notarized. Wow. Healthy. Impressive. (laughs) Very impressive. Best and worst themes. And right now we're doing the worst. There's six on the board, Quinn. I'm going to run them down. Go ahead. At number one, the worst theme of all time, the right to censor. Yep, I, I, which I, think I agree it's with. a strong contender <laughs> yeah. to keep this spot for the rest of the thing. But Seriously. We'll, we'll see. We'll have to see. Number two, the, the X-Factor Uncle Cracker theme. <laughs> Horrible. It is. It's bad. Number three, Diesel Truck Horns version. Yeah, well, I mean, it's noises. So. Just noises. Noises are never a good thing. <laughs> no. Number four, Quinn's personal uh, bane of existence. I hate the it. Demolition Heel theme. In my opinion, always yeah. number one. It's like it's kind of like if there could be a number zero, like that's what it, this would be. Uh, number five, Ass Man, Billy Gunn. I'm an ass man. This song, I, I don't know. Some people think it's good. Some people it's think it's jolly. bad. I think the lyrics are what uh, really turn people yeah. off to it. It's merry. Uh, and yeah. number number six, I still can't believe this that's got so voted in. Weird. We did not choose these things. This is you guys. We ranked them, but Number six is Sexy Boy, yeah, Shawn Michaels. There's a reason it's the bottom, because <laughs> it's not that bad. It's not. Uh, those are the six on the board now, but now without any further ado, let's go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal of wrestling themes. Stinky. It is poopy here as the toilet's over. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Uh, we're going to be pulling two more names oh, out hey. of this septic tank here. Hey. Okay. With Calm the toilets, down. guys. And we're going to see where these two names rank. Quinn, we've got some bad themes on the board and arguably a decent one in Shawn Michaels' theme. Yeah. In, in all truthfulness. Some people might argue Ass Man is decent, too. I'll, <laughs> I'll, not, get, I'll give it credit. It's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, but let's find out what is bad here. Let's all find out which theme drew number seven. Well, that's a dental drill. That can only mean one thing. Isaac 
Yankum DDS. That's yes, right. This this character that wrestled a million years um, <laughs> before Kane. Yeah, you know, had his face burned, or maybe after, but he was still okay. He was yeah. he practiced dentistry. He did. Um, he was very good at it. Apparently, he was, was Jerry Lawler's personal dentist. And the king would only choose the best. Yeah. Obviously, he wrestled in blue, uh, like slacks. Kind well, of, no, it was like swishy pants. Oh, was a, that, that, he was wearing scrubs. Oh, you didn't realize that? No, I didn't. Uh, yeah, actually. It's, it's, he's in his he's scrubs. scrubs. And of course, because irony. He had very bad teeth right. because he was a dentist. And what's funnier than that if you're Vince McMahon? Not no, much. No, yeah. <laughs> so I always Midgets, thought it was maybe. weird that in his video, they're like the gold Yankum teeth. But yeah. like he doesn't have that. So like what, <laughs> like what was that about? I don't know. <laughs> so this... uh Oh, this theme stinks, obviously. It's just yeah. noises. And, well, okay. under the noises. So, this was discovered, actually, right before this show went to air. Yes. Is we were listening back, and we're like, oh, there's, like, uh, like restroom music or whatever. What is waiting it? Room. Waiting room. Waiting room. Re- well, you're resting. Teal Hopper has yeah. a restroom music. Wait, waiting room music that's, like, it's, like, all, all pleasant in the background. <laughs> like, if you turn it up a little bit, you can hear it. Hear it? Yeah. It's very yeah. dentist office music. Yeah, it's the music while you're reading People Mag or Us Magazine or something <laughs> in the waiting room, and you hear like Isaac, you know, doing his yeah. thing in the other room. Want to see what Brangelina are up to? Yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, <laughs> how's that for a reference? Yeah. Now, anyway, the reason he had this music, the reason he was an evil dentist, we can blame on Bret Hart because. Right. <laughs> Bret- so this had to do with was this post kiss my foot yes yeah okay the whole thing was you know brett had been feuding with lawler on and off since 93 yeah for like since the king of the ring basically <laughs> you know brett was all mad you know they made fun of my dad no one does that except all of us because he yeah. was a real asshole <laughs> then brett has a kiss my foot match with king at king of the ring 95 and in the weeks leading up king uh, this being- was one of the best <laughs> honestly like these vignettes joe yeah. are like this some of them, the best stuff of 1995 in general and that's you know that's High praise because 1995 is terrible. Yeah, but Lawler always does good, entertaining work, even right. if it's really stupid. So what Jerry the King decided he was going to do, he was so confident that he would win the Kiss My Foot match, right? That he didn't wash his foot for like a month, <laughs> and there was like vignettes of him like purposely getting it all fucked up. Like he stood, he like was in manure. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, real. Yeah. Oh, sure, I got my boots on now. That's because I'm letting those corns and bunions and calluses fester. Didn't he like work with Godwin? briefly like to like <laughs> is that mess, real like mess his foot up more. i hope that's yeah, real like, when he slopped his foot it was like it was like kind of bloody and he had like a, a bandage on it or something it was like completely disgusting it was horrible right and he and, the, and i remember also by the time he got to the match he had a special sock that held a hole for the for the big toe coming through it it was <laughs> awful and of course in poetic justice bret hart wins and not only does king have to kiss bret hart's foot right bret hart makes king kiss his own foot and king man he actually throws up i don't know how he made himself throw up but he's he fucking sold it i wonder if he actually uh did not wash it could you imagine like king seems like the kind of guy that would go with the gimmick and actually just not wash it like he would like when he would take a bath he would like keep his foot outside the tub (laughs) imagine well he was old school so you never know i mean he probably learned those tricks from jackie fargo whatever they did that for a month i mean i'm not not trying it i'm not trying it either i mean you could get sick if anyone wants to try not washing their one foot for an entire month let us know Send it to Ogden, Utah. Pictures yeah. of your feet. Uh, Ogden, Utah. Yeah, you could get like a foot infection if you didn't do that, though, for real. Yeah, you don't want to be doing that. Yeah. Uh, but so, anyway, so King throws up. It apparently fucks his whole mouth up, so he needs to enlist the help of his personal dentist, mm-hmm. whichever anyone would do. I mean, yeah, you might need to go to a dentist after right. you throw up. I don't. <laughs> what, what is he doing? Like, what's, that's, <laughs> that's weird. What's great, though, is not only is this guy a dentist, he right. was a wrestler. 
Oh yeah, he just happened to be. You and know, let that, him maybe that's how King met him. Yeah. <laughs> Next. <laughs> so they let him wrestle in the WWF, and he fights Bret Hart. Bret wins, of course, and Isaac Yankin was kind of there for like a year. This was the SummerSlam for for Bret, right? This is the big SummerSlam. It was the SummerSlam, yes, for Bret. Boy, they were really using Bret Hart in 1995. <laughs> huh? King of the Ring, he fights King. At SummerSlam, he fights Isaac Yankin. <laughs> what a banner year for Bret. I didn't make it up at the end, but that's, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Series. Finally, and uh, the theme stunk, but. It- one thing I'll say about it, it was in character. Yeah, I mean, fit the wrestler, so it's not I, a good in, thing. In a weird but, way, I feel like this is like, okay, yeah, this was supposed to be really annoying. Like, and it was. I mean, everything about him was the old school like mentality of like, man, going into the dentist sucks, right? <laughs> right. Like, and so they they really played up. It's like, man, kids don't like going to the dentist. Let's have him just do all this like extra dental <laughs> shit. Like, just uh, like all the stuff that seems like it would be painful and like terrible. And you know where he was from when he was a dentist? Well, it's some tooth thing, isn't it? Decatur, Illinois. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> now, I'm I am surprised that people rarely ever make a Novocaine joke yeah. years later, because that would be mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. Anyway. He was, I don't know, he was an interesting character just from the fact that, like, this one-off thing. Like, yeah. it, this was something they did in this time period, and, it, like, only this time period. These one-off characters, like the Executioner and shit that would be around, and, like, Santa Claus. Like, people I would mean, be around for, like, a month. Yankum was around for, like, a year, but he barely wrestled on TV because oh, yeah, but, I mean, there's no usefulness you, for an evil dentist. You say he was around for a year, but only in contract and maybe a match on Superstars no, every now and he then. He did the house shows and stuff, and he always just lost. You know, he didn't matter. What did he fight? Bre- Who else could he fight, even? Like, That's what I mean. Yeah. He didn't matter. He just, like, lost to people in the and they made him fake Diesel, and now he's the mayor. Yeah. That's like his career. Oh, he was Kane also for a while. Don't forget about that Kane part. For like yeah. 20 years. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, yeah, I mean, there's... How, what do you do with an evil dentist? You give him that theme. Of course you give him that theme, though, right? right? So the theme fits. Um, <laughs> yeah. However, it's just... Doesn't it's, mean it's good. <laughs> it's just noises. It's a piece of shit, really. It, it sucks. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Really no one sucks. likes this theme, no. although I... Some points for creativity by putting that what? faint music behind it. That, that I'll give it. That we never realized it was, like, hidden in there, because, like, you can't hear that music over over the crowd noise so all you hear is the, the, the drill the drill yeah yeah that's true i did not know that until today yeah literally <laughs> when we heard it like clean yes like we we're like oh wait there's like music in this there's easy listening under yeah. you know yeah. for like waiting that's so funny that I, I that is funny that they did they took the time to do that yeah they didn't just make it noises because they were you know they liked doing just noises back then well diesel is a good example right, right? exactly well right to censor had a uh had the little like that music dun, under dun, it, dun, 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 <laughs> like or something. It was like really faint. But they barely tried with the yeah. with the right to censor theme. So anyway, why don't we now move on? Because that's about all I've got to say I on mean, this. How much can you talk about dental noises? Uh, let's see. Is there any more we can say? Uh, Decatur. I think we've drilled it yeah. down as much as we can. Aha! Uh-huh. Thank you very much. Let's all now find out which theme drew number eight. <laughs> What is this? Let's find out what this is. Oh, oh, there they are. The American Nails. And their suspenders. <laughs> so, such a nice, pleasant uh, team. There's a lot of lyrics in the song. Yeah, there's a lot. Well, there is more. I know. Here it comes. When you say that I'm gone, That's definitely the guy that sang American Made. It might be Ass Man, too. <laughs> what is just one guy that they, sings these? I mean, these are cheap themes. It's like, and maybe he's like a specialist. In cheap, cheap programming. Yeah. Cheap themes. Anyway, this is the American Males, the WCW team of 
Scotty Riggs and Marcus Alexander. <laughs> Don't forget that part. Bagwell. Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Yes. This is before uh, Bagwell was buff and before Riggs was a pirate or whatever he was. Yeah, well, you know, it, it hurt his eye or whatever. Raven, we'll get into that. Raven though. hurt his eye. So this team, Joe. Oh, God. Now, this team, I will say that. Uh, ah. Sorry. Okay, now, okay, go ahead. This team, here's the weird part about it, with me at least. Yes. Is they were around when I first started watching WCW. Yeah. I saw them like from beginning to end. Yeah, and, they formed in August 95. Right. So I remember them coming in and like, it was like they were doing the whole like this hot young up and coming team <sighs> thing, but they actually up and came was what's the difference like they, <laughs> where did they come to i don't know if they came anywhere the tag team titles they, they they got the tag belts what yeah yeah they did you're right, right. very briefly so though they, yeah they built them very up. briefly they built them up and i think they like beat harlem heat or something yes like, they did they beat them it was a big upset it was like on saturday night or something i don't remember it was on nitro it was on nitro yeah it was like september 95 i want to so, say yeah, but these guys were regular on the saturday night circuit like i would see oh, yeah. them every saturday yeah yeah and they really drilled into me no pun intended isaac that they were like a big fucking deal when they came in yeah, well, I mean, it's just hype, yeah. right? They were the young stallions of the mid '90s, right? That's but what they it was. Actually, like, got big wins, like, which well, was the difference. One big win, right? Yeah. I mean, they, well, I mean, they, that's all they were building up to was that they got the big win. Yeah, and they literally lost the titles back the following week or something like that. Was it that quick? Yeah. I thought it was like they were a month or something. No, it was like a week. I think. Oh, really? When, yeah, and it was I guess pro- things just moved so fast back then too. True, but this was a whatever team. I mean, they weren't like a good team by I the thought- end of '95. They weren't anything. The thing was, is that I always felt about the American Males, Joe, was that they were co- they were kind of like from another time, and, and the, that other time was only like two years before, meaning that like <laughs> they were built up like a 1993 team or something. A lot of that, I think, has to do with the fact that Bagwell had like this stigma of being in tag teams. Like, he, it was Bagwell and the Patriot. Right. They were stars and stripes. Wasn't it Bagwell and Too Cold Scorpio before that? Yeah, he didn't really break out as a single star Never until, until the, the NWO is one of the... It, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the NWO actually did good things for him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Because he, he needed to... He needed an edge on his character, and like, he'd always played this big baby face, like, up-and-comer thing. He kind of played the same character that early Tommy Dreamer did, that everyone yeah. hated in ECW. But it took longer for him to kind of get out of it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And when he became buff, obviously, at least he had a freaking personality and a character by that. Right. So and I then, agree there. So so after they decided that Buff was gonna be in the NWO, right. what happened is Scotty Riggs kinda like went out on his own, but he still had the American males music. He did, yes. So he comes in and he wrestles I I swear he wrestled for like a month or two before the incident happened. Like he was like a jobber basically. Like he would lose to everyone. Yeah, of course. So he fights Raven. Yeah, he right. comes out to this music. He fights Raven. And in, in like a very like unexpected moment, like they injure him. Yes. Right? And it, it, to me, I thought this was real at first because I thought like, oh, he just like got fucked up or something. Right. But then they like play it up, right? Where they like, they beat the shit out of him and like fuck up his eye and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they hurt his eye. And he comes back and all of a sudden he's like brainwashed. And, and he's, he's got an eye patch. He's don't got forget. an eye patch <laughs> and he's hanging out with the flock and he's just in the flock. Yep. And he's just rigs. From what I understand, actually, Quinn, Riggs claims that this injury was legitimate mm. to this day. I don't know if it was or you're just really keeping Maybe kayfabe. He's kayfabe in it, you never know. I mean, I Sandman mean, did the same thing with I, ECW. Yeah, I mean, why not though? If you think about it, if like yeah, you're claiming to fame as the guy with the eye patch, <laughs> like why would you not like yeah. say it's real? If you're claiming to fame as the guy with the eye patch, you've got problems with your career to well, begin John with. Well, Pierre Lafitte had an eye patch, and now look at him now. He's still got an eye patch, and he's kicking ass. His is legit, though. He has a glass eye. Right. Or something like well, that. Well, maybe Scotty Ricks has a glass eye, and we just don't know. <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. only had one eye. Is that true? I learned that from Adam Sandler. Hmm. 
Sammy Davis Jr. only had one Stop. eye. Stop. Sorry. He's not even that funny, Adam Sandler. Um, no, I think his early stuff is funny. It's still like it's in it's a juvenile just, way. Yeah, it's goofy, but it's like it's it's something you can't watch over and over again. But you come back to it like twenty years later. Like, <laughs> like what's that's with kind the of fun. voice? Though? What what is that, that voice? Just a voice he did, but it's it's dumb. Like, what is it supposed Everyone's to be? Got a stupid gimmick. Not everyone. I, I just mean that, like, comedians like that that are, like, kind of gimmick comedy, <laughs> they, they do things like, yeah, you know. They just smell my footy. Listen, I'm not saying Adam Sandler's good. I'm just saying that Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison are fun movies. Try to watch them now, though. It's not as fun, is it? Uh, Shooter McGavin is really funny in that movie. He's good in Big Daddy. Yeah. He's, Big Daddy is very underrated, actually. I'm Mrs. Foot. I'm Mrs. There's, like, really, like, subtle shit yeah. there that you don't notice the first time you watch it. Hi. I'm Julia's teacher, Miss Foot. <laughs> I love I love any comedy like that where it's like on the surface yeah. on the surface it seems super goofy and dumb and then you start to notice like on repeated viewings like weird side jokes that you never saw before. He does like, have on, things like not that. Not another teen movie is another one like that yeah. where it's like it's one of these movies that on the surface is just a silly fucking parody film. Right. And then you watch that movie because I worked in a video store so that movie was on a lot. Mm-hmm, this is true. And I remember watching that enough that I started finding weird shit in it. I was like, holy shit, there's like sneaky jokes in this movie. Like, that, they're not, like, you don't see it first. But right. Yeah. Also, Wedding Singer, I think Adam Sandler's fantastic in that. Yeah. So Adam Sandler, I don't know. He's, he's like, great in that. He's very, like, up and down. 50, 50, yeah. Unlike, um, what's the dude that, like, they don't let him make Mike Myers? <laughs> they don't and, let him. Yeah. Like, he had, okay, like, this is what I always make this argument. I think I've told you about this before. And what? I find it odd that Adam Sandler can make endless shitty movies <laughs> and like he's still allowed. They still like give him money to make movies. Right. Yet Mike Myers makes that just one, only one bad movie Love in, in the Love Guru and his career was like over. Like it's baffling to me. And he was like infinitely better than Adam Sandler too. <laughs> I think he's funnier than Adam don't, Sandler. Don't you, yeah. don't you find that odd though? They they just like <laughs> they like excommunicated him like just one flop, just one. It's and they're like, you're done. Get yeah, out of here. It's so weird. Don't to make me. movies like, anymore. Like, what if he just the next movie was good? Like, they just they didn't even like give him a chance. Like, it's just weird. Folks, let us know your thoughts on Mike Myers' film career, Adam Sandler humor. Let us know. You can send that all to OVP care of Ogden, Utah. Right. Anyway, but Scotty Riggs. I have nothing more to say about this theme. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, really? Truthful. No. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> what I mean, the, the the thing that I think bugs everyone about it is like the repeated American. Males well, yeah. In like that weird voice. American mouse. It's like American it's mouse. Like, to me, it was always like a pseudo robot voice. Yeah, like Sharon could say it right now. Yeah. American males. American males. American males. American motherfucker. Stop making me say dumb shit. Crappy Gilmore. Thank you, Sharon. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's catchy, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, you, it's an earworm. What do you think of the weird, like, part in the middle? When I hunt on top and then Like, I don't know what the fuck they're saying, but. When it comes crashing down and the hurts inside. Wait, let me actually look up the lyrics to this. Please do, Quinn. Let's listen here in the meantime. Oh, yeah, listen to that. That's good stuff. This is actually might be one of the better themes, and no one realizes it. No. <laughs> no? Okay. No. Okay, so you want to know what the uh, the lyrics are? Can you please read them for us? When you see them coming, you better run for cover. Girls, you don't need a weekend lover. Uh, American males. <laughs> If they want to talk to you, you better not listen. What? You might wind up in critical condition. Ha ha! American males. What? And then it just says American males a bunch of times. And <laughs> there's one more part where it says they're irresistible, they're unpredictable. American ma. Ow! Not joking. This is the written lyrics. <laughs> That's like everything. 
what? Wait, what? That's yeah. it? Because, well, I'm not counting all the hundreds of times they say American well, of course. Males, but yeah. That's it? Yeah. That's all that's written. That's all the Holy written lyrics. Holy crap. Yeah. Now, that's this song just got worse, in yeah, my opinion. <laughs> if you want to talk to them, you better not listen. You might wind up in critical condition from them talking well, to you. Well, don't forget, ha-ha, ha-ha. American male. What the fuck is that <laughs> supposed and, and to I mean? I also like the fact that in the first verse, it's like, when you see them come and you better run for cover. Why? Girls, you don't need a weekend lover. Ugh! American male. It's like the uh and ha-ha. I am speechless, Quinn. Yeah, that is terrible. That's yeah, actually worse than Ass Man, I think. Yeah, it is worse than Ass Man. That's horrible. Yeah. No, seriously, that's horrible. Pretty bad. Jimmy Hart wrote the lyrics, by the way, just in case you were wondering. When take, when he was taking a leak? He's he's credited uh, with the lyrics on here. Was he just sitting down on this panel? Baby, baby, baby. When you see them coming. <laughs> yeah, I, I could you. I could totally see him like that. That that's his like warm up song, and then it turns into like you know how people are who write yeah. songs like <laughs> yeah. baby, 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 American mess, American mess. Yeah, that sounds oh, that's good. That's good, isn't yeah. it, Hulk? Yeah. Because Hogan's just there yeah, somehow. Just good brother. Yeah. He's like staring out the fucking window of the studio into the ocean. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> like, you know. He's thinking about his next opponent's using a pin on the bottom yeah, of the ocean. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I th- is it ranking time? Yeah. Can, sure. can it please be? <laughs> well, I mean, we went over all the lyrics in that song, so it didn't all take right. very long. Let's run them down one more time for you here at number one, Right to Censor. Number two, X Factor, Uncle Cracker. Number three, Diesel Horn. Four, Demolition Heel. Five, Ass Man. Six, Sexy Boy. Let's start with Mr. Yankum, Dr. Yankum, Mr. excuse Yankum. me. So, definitely more uh, worse than Sexy Boy, right? I mean, like, that's obvious. Yeah. Like, yeah it Come has on. To be. And it, definitely worse than Ass Man, even. Well, because at least Ass Man, like, we talked about this on the last flush. Ass Man is like the Attitude Era version of Sexy Boy, mm-hmm. where he's explaining who he is and what he likes. I mean, the lyrics are heinous. They're really They're heinous. not as heinous as the American Males one. They're anus. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'd say... The drill, a dental drill with easy mm-hmm. listening under it is worse than ass man. Yes. Point, again, points for the easy listening, <laughs> yeah. I will say. <laughs> that ticks it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's, it's it's a pretty nice touch. It's kind of funny. But your old foe now, Quinn, Demolition's heel theme. What do you yeah. think about the drill versus that? It's actually like, I'm wondering, I almost like the creativeness of having the this, this silly shit underneath is actually like sort of elevating it to me. Are you serious? Just because they, I, I don't like. He's already a joke character. The fact that they realized it too is kind of funny. Like you know what I mean. Even when they wrote the music. So do you think because Isaac Yanko maybe wasn't that big of a presence? Right. There was nothing to fall down from the way with Demolition's theme. Oh yeah, that, I think that's ultimately the issue with Demolition. Why there's such a roadblock to me is because like this. It's a piece of shit. I remember somebody posted on the boards recently. They're like, "It's the worst, right?" It, that yeah, like at, like upon and then they even said like upon further inspection or yeah. like thought or whatever. Like they were like, "Wow, that song does suck," but it's like horrible. <laughs> it's terrible. It is, and we've said it uh, every single time. I agree with you. And, and maybe, folks, this is your first episode uh, over on the Royal Rankings, which will be coming out again in our next episode and last week's as well. Demolitions face theme their main theme you know is yeah. actually on the royal rankings list yeah it's number three on there that's so. how much of a fall it is right whereas this was kind of you know he wrestled on pay-per-view a little bit i think just against Bre- was he ever on pay-per-view after wasn't that even around long enough to bother anyone well the motion's heel theme wasn't around that well, long either what i'm trying to say though is that comparatively to noise music <laughs> rtc and diesel those were around for like a really long time yeah diesel's was around for like over a year same with RTC. Uh, yeah, a lot of these bad things only the longest they last is a year. So true. 
Ugh. I'm just saying, like, this was not even that. It was just like, yeah, he was around on the house show circuit, but nobody really, like, saw those unless you went to the Market Square Arena or whatever <laughs> Why the fuck. do you always pick that one? it always sounds so ghetto. It's good, though. Like, it's I, the one where they did Main Event 1 from. I know, I know, but the Don't, name, You're going to offend the people from the good state of Indiana. It's just the name. It's just, I, I just... Market Square? It, it sounds like it's like a mall or something. Ours is Madison Square in New York. Yeah, but Madison has a little bit more prestige to that name, so... Because it's not just a market. Yeah. A farmer's market. Farmer's market square. Mm-hmm. They sell corn. Buying a bag, yeah. bag of wheat. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let me ask you a question, Quinn. I think this might help us drill it down, no pun intended. Uh-huh. Uh, with Isaac Yankum's theme, mm-hmm. with the right to censor's theme and Diesel's theme also, these noise ones, they know that that's annoying. Yeah. Right? Like, the people that... Well, whoever okays it, uh, Vince okays these themes. Like, he knows they're annoying, right? Right. Do you think they knew the Demolition's Heel theme was annoying, or they're like, oh, they need new music? So, I don't think they knew it was annoying. That's right, the, That's right. the problem with it. That's I, I, what I was... I think they thought, oh, look, it's, like, very evil and, right. and, and sinister music or whatever, and right. Demolition's are heels now. So, it's like... They thought this was going to be like, oh, this will really fit the character. And everyone's right. like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> like, it's like they already had music. And we went over this. Like, when we get to the Survivor series, like, you'll see, yeah. like, when you listen to it. But we do mention in there about how that theme will work so good as a heel and a face. And you yep. can see it in the match at Survivor Series 88, where yep. they're like, they're literally heels and faces in, in the, the same, same match. match. Yeah. yeah. And they play the music twice. And it works. Yeah. It totally works as both. So I think on account of them being self-aware enough about Isaac Yankum, I mean, think about it. It's an evil dentist, which is stupid as it is, right? It fits the character, though. Yeah. He's got bad teeth. Yeah. He wrestles in scrubs. He, he's he's from... A, he has a dentist's office, so that music's true. under it, you know? And he's from Decatur. Yeah. They're well aware of what they're doing, so it's intentionally aggravating. I mean, right to censors is too aggravating. In a weird way, I'll say this about, and here's some weird headcanon. Ooh. Maybe this is how they recorded it. They literally just went to Isaac Yankum's office and sat in the waiting room and just put a tape recorder on. And that's, that's his music. That's a loud-ass dental drill coming well, through the walls there. It's intimidating, Joe. How long is he drilling teeth for? What's well, going on there? Well, maybe there's only just one like, very thin wall between the waiting room and his office. So he's not a very successful dentist? Yeah, it's like you can basically hear everything that's going on. Oh, okay. It, right. Paper-thin yeah, walls. But he also tries to play the music just so you don't hear it. You hear it like less. In a f- <laughs> feeble <laughs> effort to comfort yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. You want to leave it below Demolition Heel? I mean, it I, is noises. Yeah, I mean, Ugh. I don't think it's as bad as Demolition Heel, like, you, personally. You really don't, huh? I think Diesel's was more bad because it was just longer, like it lasted longer, and it, it's like even more obnoxious. This is more like subtle. I Actually, now it's hard, though, because Diesel's, we have worse than Demolition Heel. I think Yankum's is worse than Diesel's, don't you? Oh, no, I don't. Really? You think the horns are I worse the horn, than the drill because the horns just especially you know what the best best example is that survivor series match where he's like coming out forever 93 or 94 maybe yeah I don't know. where he's like it's just like that's when you realize this is a piece of shit like it's just like hawk 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 like it won't stop and it's just like it's just really it's sean's like dancing to it it's like <laughs> a whole fucking scene irs is there it's like just <laughs> fuck this shit so you think that the hong kong is worse than the ee yeah the ee is kind of like I don't know. You know what? Again, it's really that that music under it that like saved it. If it Points for creativity. If it didn't have that, I would say like it's probably worse than Diesel. Like then it all of a sudden demolition could like strike a wedge in between the two because that's like gave demolition the opening to stay at four. See, demolition's theme is horrible. Yeah. No, it's bad. Okay. You know what? 
Isaac Yankum number five. Right. For the creativity on the music. It does have easy listening under yeah. it. It's very nice elevator music under there. Isn't that really nice of them to put the, they they saved the theme. They did. The, uh, without the, that it'd be fucked. Yeah. It'd be yeah. right right up there with diesel. Yeah. Okay, so that is Isaac Yankum now that'll shift down Ass Man and Sexy Boy to six and seven respectively. And now it's time for the American Males. Right, American Males, Amer- robots. <laughs> another <laughs> another song where they say what they are. Yeah. Um, another very close to Sexy Boy and Ass Man type yeah, song. Right? So, where they're just repeating. It seems like any of these songs where there's like, they're talking about like young up-and-comers, <laughs> sexy people, yeah. asses, or whatever. Or people that like butts. It's always like very similar. The kind of it's like peppy or whatever. It's it got, is peppy. It's got lyrics. It's got pep. Like I'm surprised that um you know it's not nominated for bad even though because I think it's good. What? But it it, it reminds me again of Girls in Cars. Like, <laughs> girls in Cars. The one with the lyrics. Yeah. Not, the one without the lyrics is excellent. Yeah, I know. The, the, like just the instrumental is very good. The WrestleMania Four yeah, Strike Force the, music the, the, with the with the singing it's very bad. It's very poor. I think that American Males is a poor song. Yep. And after you have read the lyrics now? Yeah, it's it's definitely worse than Ass Man, without question. Like, okay. all the way shoots up there. Because, I, I agree. Because, wow. Ass Man's at least catchy and memorable. There's only, like, three lines. Oh, and American Males is memorable, though. Everyone remembers it. That's true. I'm but, not saying it's not... That doesn't have anything to do with it. It's with quality. Memorable. Yeah, with quality. You can remember bad things, I you're mean, right. it's definitely a piece of shit. It's like, Jimmy Hart wrote it while he was taking a dump or I something. I think like, so. I, like, seriously... Is your target audience 12 years old? Weren't you the dumbasses that were just talking about Adam Sandler being juvenile? Siri, tell me the definition of irony. Actually, screw that. I'm better than Siri. I'm Sharon, damn it. Literally, we're making a new tag team American Males, that's all they told him. Yeah. And he just is like, okay, American Males, American Males. If you see American them coming, males, baby, uh... Yeah. You better run for cover. It's just like the most cliche. He's taking a now between like writing Glacier's theme or whatever, like or something. I don't know. <laughs> it, but the lyrics are horrible. Like a seventh grader could write better lyrics than let's, that. Let's just go over. Please read let's them just one go more over time. The, the, the only lyrics. So we can make our so decision. We're not telling you, obviously, the the American Males, American Males, no, like a million times. That'd part. be silly. So it's like. When you see them coming, you better run for cover. I, I want to know why I'm running for cover. Girls, you don't need a weekend lover. What why is it just what jump does that to have that? To, yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. And then, ugh, American males. Two totally different thoughts, right? Who If who yeah. sees them coming, um, who the, better run for cover? The girls? Me? No, I think uh, when the girls see them coming, they better run for cover. Why? Because they don't need a weekend lover. So they're weekend lovers? Yeah, they're they're easy lovers. <laughs> that's a good song. Yeah. All right, so uh, we got so, that. So we got that, and then next it says, "If they want to talk to you, you better not listen. Not listen. Why? Yeah. This is why because oh. you might end up in critical condition. So they're uh, violent. Uh, American males. Don't forget the uh. So they're violent. I don't know. Like, is or that, are they is weekend that, lovers? To me, is that supposed to be like they're okay, domestic they're, abusers? Here's, no. Here's their softer part in oh. the first verse where they're like, "Yeah, we're weekend lovers. It's like girls love us, right? And then the next one, this is what they're saying to their opponents. It's like." If they want to talk to you, better not listen because they're tough guys, right? Like, don't like. Well, why would they want to talk to you? No, they're like, if if they want to talk to you, you should be afraid. Like, if they're, they're the opponents, right? I'm trying to right. rationalize this. It, right? It's not. It doesn't work. It doesn't work, obviously. But they're trying to say, like, oh man, we're real big tough guys, right? Because if you talk and listen to them, you'll end up in critical condition. So they're the shit out of you. So they're going to talk to you and beat the shit out of you. 
Well, that's if they want to talk to you, yeah. Why would they want to talk to me? Well, maybe they want to go over the match or something before. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just thinking back in Teak Deck Studios over there. Right, whatever. yeah, like, Teak Deck. You know, you're going over the match before, but if you go over the match with the American males, you're going to get fucked up. So how, what are you supposed to do with them then? So you That's can... why they win, because nobody can seem to plan anything. So what, yeah. do they win by count out because everyone's why, running that, for cover? They had that burst of, like, greatness where they were able to, like, they tricked W. They had everyone's number. Harlem Heat couldn't figure them out. And then, oh, because uh, Harlem Heat tried to talk to them or listen right, to them or they, something. And they were in critical condition afterwards. <laughs> Then Harlem Heat learned because they listened to the song after the match. Right, and like, exactly. Okay. Like, oh, okay, so we quack, don't, quack. We don't we talk, don't talk, talk to, to them. them before the match. Exactly. We run for cover. Yeah. Ah, These okay. suck ass. They're horrible. They're, this song sucks so bad. It yeah. is worse than uh, almost Isaac, all of them. Worse than Isaac Yankum. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it is because the lyrics are horrible. Yeah, they're terrible. Um, uh, what about Demolition Heel? This is a high bar. Demolition Heel. Once you make it over there, then all of a sudden you can like compete with the rest. Yeah, because that's like the Death Valley bar. That's the top yeah. four. You know yeah. what I mean? So. Is mm-hmm. it worse than Demolition Heel? No. It's because it's catchy. And yeah. Demolition Heels is not. That's, that's the, the one only thing. I, thing. I, that's the one thing I can say about the American Males, even though they, they hide those those lyrics in there. Yeah, um, horrible lyrics. Terrible lyrics. Um, it's at least catchy. America Males. Yeah. America I mean, Males. I mean, listen, I, I would be lying if I said back in 1995 when they were on their hot run and I was watching Saturday Night like in my dad's bedroom like because hmm? he was watching TV on the re- he was like I don't want to watch this crap so he would so he like sent go- you to his bedroom yeah, he would go to the living room <laughs> he would watch what he wanted to watch on the bigger TV and I'm in the I'm in his bedroom on the small TV watching fucking Saturday Night is it like a 13 inch CRT yeah One of those? like really small what was he watching Do you know oh I don't know what was Probably. he watching like Sipowitz on NYT I'm trying to think what would, be, what would be on it like 605 Mm, not much right it's a kind of a dead tv night yeah but this is like you got me for the weekend right obviously so it's right like, it's like okay so we got to stay in right because right. there's a child here yeah <laughs> so let's go let him watch saturday night wrestling or whatever can't be out gallivanting right so i don't know what he would watch maybe he's he's got a vcr in there maybe he's watching a tape what tape what did your dad like to watch I don't know, because I would be watching wrestling. How the hell would I know? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. You weren't even interested in that, yeah. huh? Well, I think uh, Jeff Foxworthy was on on Saturday nights. Oh, you looking this up? Yeah, but that was at 8 o'clock. Right. So I don't know what was on before that. Uh, Martin was Martin. on Saturday nights in 95. Oh, I, liked, I liked that show. I used to watch that with him. Wasn't it on at like 8, though? 8, yeah. It was on at 6. It doesn't say. Ugh. I know. Folks, it's frustrating. Anywho, <laughs> this is not worse than Amer- uh, Demolition Heel, I don't think. It's not it's worse. Yeah. It's very bad. It's really horrible. It's almost there. Like it's yeah. like it's it might be like a double line here, like well, where it's like I, hard to get past this. Yeah, I think you're right. This yeah. the top five might be really hard to get past. Yeah, American Male song sucks, but the only thing keeping it from being worse than Demolition Heel is the chorus of American Males. Like 19 times is catchy. Yeah, it's the only thing I can give it. I don't know how they pulled that off. It's like maybe it's just like brute force. It's like if you just say American yeah. Males enough, like <laughs> people are gonna start humming it. That's all it is, right? Yeah. Just say it enough as many times as you can in you the song. S- and that's maybe that's the reason Jimmy put the the like minimal lyrics right, so that right. there would, wouldn't be too many interruptions. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we want to finalize there. Yeah. All right, folks. So that'll do it. The top eight for this week in the worst wrestling themes of all time. Number one, still the right to censor. Number two, X Factor. Number three, Diesel Hong Kong. Number four, still Demolition Heel. A newcomer here at number five, American Males. American Males. Number six, Isaac Yankum from Decatur. <laughs> yeah, <that can't laughs> so dumb. Number seven, Ass Man. And holding it down there at number eight, the best of the worst, Sexy Boy. Folks, that is the Royal flush for this week let us know your thoughts you do that on twitter at ovp podcast you can email us or do what everyone else has been doing and join the group but quinn when we come back there's going to be a brawl 
And it's supposed to like end it all or to something like that. it or something. Something. I, I will have to find out. Words. Yeah. <laughs> all those words and more, folks, coming up right after this. You know, the last time we saw Brett the Hitman Hart, it was at SummerSlam. And he was hanging upside down with his tongue out and his eyes bulging out. He never looked better, and he... <laughs> Do you still have a sore throat, Brett? Well, let me tell you something. I'll bet that you thought Isaac Yankum, DDS, was finished with you. Uh-uh. You still have one more appointment with the dentist. And Isaac Yankum has promised me that he will extract the final revenge from Brett the Hitman Hart and pull that thorn out of my side once and for all. Won't you, Isaac? Bret Hart, <laughs> I can't wait to sink my teeth in Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast here on episode number 158. When before we get into this brawl that's supposed to end it all, I'm it's not gonna, really... It's going to do something. It's Something will happen. Uh, we have some other friends of the show, and they're really good. Yeah, These other are. podcasts I that like there them. Are. They're my friends. Yep, they're our friends. They're not associated with the Conrad Thompson Empire of Podcasting. Empire. LLC. And empire's going to clash. I'm crumbling. <laughs> it's going to clash with a new empire. Yeah, the WWE Podcast Empire. Yeah, they already got three, uh, Ooh. like, fiefdoms in that empire. Fiefdoms? Yeah. Well, these are some other fiefdoms that you can check out. They are Scrap It All on the Independent Podcasting Circuit, like we are. Check out the wrestling podcast about nothing, hosted by two guys. Actually, three. Brian Fury is a third host now. Oh, uh, just regularly now? Yeah, he's regular. Yeah. Uh, these guys have actually worked in the business in some way, shape, or form. One of them is an uh, independent wrestling referee that is currently on an extended retirement. His mm-hmm. name is Mean Mike Crockett. He's joined by Brian Fury and ROH's own, the Whaler yeah, the of Wine, Wine City. Wine City Whaler. Brian Malonis. Yes, you might know him as the brawler. You might, I think, but you but shouldn't. I, uh, don't call him that. Call him the Wine City Whaler. You know, you don't say the aftermaths. Don't say brawler. Don't say, say brawler. Say Wine City Whaler. But these guys do a great show because having worked in the business, they have a great perspective on the inner workings, but also as fans that grew up as wrestling fans. Fun show. Check it out. It's the wrestling podcast about nothing. And then also check out on Thursdays, the critically acclaimed, mm-hmm. award-winning. We always say. The Potty Awards are won. It's real. It's real. Check out a one-man show. He does it all by himself with sometimes some help from his cat. It is Greetings from Allentown starring Peter Winston. He takes you on a very uh, mercurial journey through <laughs> a old mercurial. Ep- mercurial of old wrestling programming. It could be WWF. It might be. It could be WCW. It could be Mid-South. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It could be anything with Pete. The Village Voice says most mercurious podcast. It's is, very mercurious. Is that, is that the right? I, is, I that what they, is that what they said? I don't think they did. Okay. Uh, no, they did. You're right. Mercurious? Okay. Mercurious. Uh, <laughs> so check out Greetings from Allentown. It's a fun show. He reviews retro wrestling in a very unique style. Style. Greetings from Allentown. And then there's also our Southern Fried Brother. That's right. If you like your retro wrestling slather and barbecue sauce, and don't forget the grits on the side. Yeah, I'll it's grits. Important. And of course, coleslaw. There's also coleslaw. Yeah, co. <laughs> coleslaw. Michael Co. Slaw that goes with something. Coleslaw. <laughs> These are our friends south of the Mason Dixon line. They review the NWA and Smoky Mountain Wrestling. They are the unprofessional podcast. I am talking about booking the territory with Mike Mills and his crew. 
So that's our three friends of the show. Check them out, really. Give them some love. It is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Greetings from Allentown and booking the territory. Now, Quinn. Yeah. MTV. Yes. Music uh, television. Music television, right. This started in 1981, right? Yeah, it did. Uh, the, the, the spaceship went off and then they put the guy on the moon. <laughs> yep. He said M- he brought the MTV flag. <laughs> that's, it's, that's, it's real. That's, it's all happened. That's what happened. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for man. And this was actually a big deal on cable television when it came out because for the first time ever, we had an all-music channel yeah, on cable it's tv basically like a stereo it just also had a video like yeah. you literally like i i was saying during the break i was like how did this like music aspect of it like why did they get rid of it to me this seems like a real world yeah they did that's the reason but at the same time it's like this seems like such a no-brainer like you could just you should have this endlessly this channel probably because like you can make a lot more money using tv programming than you can you just playing videos I mean, you put ads yeah, you know? i mean now, there was a, a bunch of VJs, the original VJs, one of which was Martha Quinn, yep. who is, non-facetiously... No joke. Michael Quinn's cousin. Yeah, she is my cousin. That's, this is real. This is real, Second folks. cousin. Second but, like, cousin. The other Quinn side. <laughs> but yeah, it exists. It's all... We, we actually are blood-related. Yep, yeah. This is real, folks. And MTV was uh, very successful, you know, at its launch. It was... Uh, obviously, music videos were just coming into prominence at that time, but... Around the same time as the 80s started to creep towards the uh, Hulkamania era mm-hmm. and the World Wrestling Federation side of things, you know, Hulk Hogan had won the world title in January of 84, and Vince McMahon, in his sagacity, was attempting mm-hmm. to expand to a national audience, trying to expand outside the old smoky bars and wrestling yeah, bubbles, wrestling. so to speak. Yeah, the wrestling, yep. uh, whatever you call it. And he wanted to get his name out there, rightfully so. You know why? Because he wanted to make money. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, he wanted to be part of the mainstream. Right. And he did it rather cleverly. Uh, Captain Lou Albano actually had a chance meeting with David Wolf and yep, Cindy Lauper. I Walker always give him credit, and you brought up plane. But this is the one time where it's very applicable. Yes. And David Wolf, who was Cindy Lauper's manager, was a real-life wrestling fan and recognized Captain Lou Albano. Right, and they came to talk it on a plane. I think the whole plane ride, this yep. the story goes, they were chatting it up yep and that's how uh lou albano wound up in cindy lopper's rather famous music video for girls just want to have fun in 1983 right because of that people now saw captain lou albano who's a character anyway right, right. whether he's in wrestling or not you look at that guy you're like holy shit that's a character now, i think it's so funny joe that they built a storyline about two seconds in a music video where he's like even my father says <laughs> yep. what you gonna do with your life and he's like pointing and it's literally like I swear to you, it's like literally three seconds of the video where he's in it. But there's just something memorable about it, I guess. Yeah. During a period of time before everything was so oversaturated and where you actually had to wait for a video to come on TV. Yeah. Right before everything was at your fingertips. Okay, boomer. He's not a boomer. Who in the flying ass are you? There was something that just stuck out about this little cameo. Yeah. And maybe older wrestling fans recognize the guy. They're like, oh, I know him. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, like you said that about waiting for it, but some people also would just have MTV on in the background. Right. All day. So the sure. music video probably played like 40 freaking right. times in a <laughs> yeah. day. And you, you're like, who's that guy who points at her? Like, yeah, you know right. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. and who they, is they, that guy? Yeah. They come to find it. They're like, I know him from something right. because maybe they live, especially if they live in the New York area and they've, you know, seen at the late hours of the night championship wrestling yep. on and he's always there. Or on the MSG network, maybe in passing. Yeah. Uh, and now Cindy Lauper, let's not understand this was i mean there was madonna during that period of time but cindy lopper was very high on the list of pop stars during yeah, 83 84 I, I always felt that cindy lopper was the the spunky version of madonna like <laughs> was madonna, madonna sassy if, if you want to give it like a 90s equivalent 
um, Madonna is like the Britney Spears. Okay. But like Cindy Lauper was kind of like the Avril Lavigne or something, you know? Ooh. You know, like the, <laughs> like the kind of the spunky one. Yeah, spunk. Maybe Christina Aguilera is a little spunky, but she's, not, she's not, saucy. As, not as spunky as, say, Avril Lavigne. I don't know. Like Cindy Lauper is very spunk. She had a little spunk. Yeah. So her video was played a lot and people got to see it a lot and she was a big star. Now, Vince McMahon figured, you know what? Let me see if we can parlay the cameo that Captain Lou had in her video. Let's see if we can get Cindy Lauper to do something. Right. So she wasn't a wrestling fan but they get her to mention in passing i think on carson or something the world wrestling federation so right there carson biggest late night show obviously right, exactly. during the 80s yeah. the wild samoans oh, i've seen them oh they're oh, yeah the tag team guys yeah, yeah yeah they're champions they're champions they lost their um their belt but that was because uh tony atlas and rocky johnson they cheated yeah well I <laughs> that disturbed me for a long time they took the opportunities they had to like plant this into the mainstream consciousness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they parlay this into the brawl to end it all, which was July 23rd, 1984. Now, a little bit about this. The WWF obviously was running MSG practically monthly still. Yeah, I throughout mean, the they, 80s. they still were a fixture there. Right. That was their home base. decades. They were televised on the MSG network at this period of time. And there was a full card on July 23rd, 1984 from MSG. Which you can tell a little bit because the, the editing's done in such a way where Gorilla's like saying like, oh, there'll be more action next yeah. or something. <laughs> right. Now, I will run down that card in a little bit. But there is one particular match from this card that MTV wanted to air. And that's a big deal because MTV was a hot network, like we yeah. said. So for Vince, this is a no-brainer. Yeah, it's interesting how they did this, too. So MTV only joined the feed for a certain period of time, yes. about a half an hour. Yep, that's it. Um, well, it, well, actually, not even because it was the match is only like 15 minutes. Right, so, right. like, they only joined the feed for like 15 minutes, and the rest of it is them, like, talking about the match. Correct. And, like, showing interviews and stuff. Yep. So, basically, what we had here was a match where, yeah, obviously, Albano long since retired, so he's not going to be able to fight anybody, and, and uh, Cindy Lauper's not a wrestler. So, they have representatives. So, the representatives are this. Captain Lou is with the still incumbent women's champion, the fabulous Moolah. 100 years, the oh, champion or yeah, whatever. More on that. Yeah. And Cindy Lauper is representing the new hot rising star of the WWF. And, and I'm not really being funny. She was a big deal now. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely treated as a big deal yep. here. She had been there a while, on and off, but not a face. She wasn't a face uh, for much of it. It seems like for this, they had decided we're going to pull the trigger and like really like Get, get behind Wendy Richter here. Wendy Richter. Yeah. Uh, basically trying to make a female Hulk Hogan. Essentially. Like essentially like what it was. Male Hulk Hogan, who we could sell the action figures. If we make a Wendy Richter, maybe we can sell Wendy Richter Barbies right. or whatever. There get you the go. girls market there. This is long before Stephanie McMahon invented women's wrestling, course, obviously. Yeah. You know, there was wrestling before that. Yep. So that's the big match here. But outside of that, I just want to run down, just to give you the landscape of the WWF, here's the whole MSG card. Okay. And that full show was televised don't on MSG. The, don't give the results of the okay. match in question. I'll no. skip the one in question. So we had Sika, who was a face, defeating Ron Shaw. <laughs> that's the opener. <laughs> the Iron Sheik defeated Tony Gurria. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, Tony, Tony Gurria lost. lost. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> the Intercontinental Champion Tito Santana wrestled Bob Orton to a draw, 20-minute okay. draw. Interesting. Bob Backlund, still there, July Somehow, 84. How is he still present? Defeated Paul Butcher Vachon what? <laughs> by submission. He's just there for a cup of coffee, isn't he? <laughs> yep. Hulk Hogan defeated, obviously world champion Hulk Hogan. Right, defending the belt. Defeated Greg Valentine. Oh, that's weird. In a title match. 
Uh, Antonio Inoki defeated Charlie Fulton. What? <laughs> Why is Charlie Fulton still there, too, by the way? <laughs> well, Antonio Inoki is the world martial arts champion. Oh, is he? It's, I thought it was somebody else, like it was Tiger chun or no, something. No, it was him. Uh, the tag team champions, Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch, defeated Sergeant Slaughter and Terry Daniels. Oh, so that's that explains another cameo in yep. this. Okay. Paul Orndorff defeated, you're not going to believe this one, what? Chief J. Strongbow. What? Yeah, he's still Chief? there. Yeah. Why? Wait, I don't like that he beat him. He did. The Chief should always win. What? And then the cool things down here, Offa defeated Rene Goulet, uh, and Antonio Inoki won a 20-man battle royal. He, he fought again? He won a 20-man battle royal, last eliminating Rene Goulet. So, oh, okay. Wait, that's, what? That's a long-ass card. That's an MSG card. But there's one particular match that MTV wanted to dedicate a little chunk of its programming to. Specifically because of the involvement of Cindy Lauper. That's the only reason, really. Yep. But guess what? That's great for Vince. And this match, this little program here, actually drew a 9 on the Nielsen scale, which made it the most watched thing that MTV had done to that point. Well, I mean, it was a fledgling network. It was just, it was, again, it was something you turned on in the background. And it was kind of like, um, it's hard to, to imagine now, but it was kind of like, kind of a cult following almost. Like, not really, but like there was a, a well, mystique about MTV so back then. the thing that I like about early MTV, particularly in my music taste, I like New Wave and stuff like that. And MTV is like a real, it was weird because when it came on the scene, the music that it was playing was not exactly popular. They called it a second British wave. Yeah. Basically, the story behind it is is that, because I've read like a whole book about this, like the story behind it Something was- with Rod that, Stewart. Well, there's Rod Stewart <laughs> involvement, but so, as far as what the, the music that played on it, right. what it had to do with is um, Britain had a show, Top of the Pops. Yes, for years. And um, because- People couldn't like when you were on top of the pops. They literally like weekly followed who was on the top charts. Yes, right? correct. And the person that would be on the top would always play live or something. So mm-hmm. after many years of doing this, show had been on since like the sixties. Sixties, yeah. They'd figured out like, okay, we can't get the bands to show up like every fucking week. Mm-hmm. So they would make a video mm-hmm. promo videos it, the, the one that was on the top of the pops would they play the video and right? the beatles actually were part of that they would yeah. do promotional videos in the right. 60s so the music video idea was not really in america until mtv correct so mtv yeah. was like when it started the channel it was it, rod stewart they they you know he was like a connection they had yep like they were trying to get artists in america to start recording videos but they needed to like start the fucking channel up because yep. you know they, they'd gotten it they're like well we're not gonna just waste the fcc money <laughs> right like, or whatever so we got to put shit on it so basically they picked all these videos out from england uh, the more recent ones obviously there were some that were like a couple years mm-hmm. old and those were the ones yep. they put on the first couple years because that was like all they had and all those songs got popular in america because because, because all because they were like recorded for top of the pops like and the, yeah and then a lot of american artists started to turn the video into an art form namely right. michael jackson and others uh, and the first video for trivia here was the buggles video killed the radio star uh, apropos speaking of new there's wave. actually if you want to look up it's interesting i think the first couple hours of mtv there's like a youtube video that it's just i think it's mtv like the it's first a, broadcast basically yeah, like the first like hour or two of videos is like up there you go like i think it is i don't know if that video still exists but i remember that being a thing a couple okay. years back so good to know now this is the original mtv feed that we're watching folks i know that the wwe very briefly posted this as a hidden gem for one day the whole show and took it down i don't know where else you could get this so if you want a copy of it you can let us know and i can see if i can get it to you but this is mtv's brawl to end it all July the 23rd, 1984, and we open with an MTV news update where a very young Alan Hunter runs down the very big 
Fabulous Moolah versus Wendy Richter match. First of all, it seems like whoever taped this back in 84 <laughs> forgot like whatever the title bumper was. Yeah, it's they, just like it's like, hi, I'm Alan Hunter. Like it's just like, nothing else before. <laughs> Secondly, noted wrestling fan Alan Hunter is very mullety. Oh, what a like, mullet. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he looks very he, he looks very yeah, mullety. Yeah. Uh, we're told it's going to be a bloodbath and to lock our small children in the basement. <laughs> I guess that's like what Paul Bear did with Kane, right? During this. Because like that, that before like, he went to dental school. It's like torture. <laughs> What is a, a bloodbath? The brawl to settle it all will be a bloodbath. If you have small children in the house, lock them in the basement now. Honestly, I don't necessarily want my two-year-old seeing Fabulous Mula Wrestle. You wouldn't lock them in the basement while you're watching no, this. No, and, and that's only because she sucks, not because I'm afraid yeah. of blood. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> just because she sucks, not even because she's scary. Yeah. Now, Alan Hunter tells us that this match is either going to end up infamously as an unlanced boil on the fair visage of American feminism... <laughs> Or in legend, as the ultimate victory over sexism, repression, and all the forces of darkness. It's a fabulous Mula match! Really laying it on thick with this shit, huh? <laughs> like, it's some kind of cultural touchstone or something. <laughs> we, they need to calm down. Like, it's just a fucking wrestling match, like, on MTV, like, once. Also, the irony here is really strong, since Mula was a piece of shit towards women. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> well, they, I mean, they don't know. The public persona isn't that. But my point is, is that, like... I was slave girl Mula. They really want to make this, like, some kind of art installation or some shit like Andy Warhol's gonna show up. And, he does later. Yeah, I know he does, but I'm saying that like they're acting like this is like some big fucking I think, moment. I think Alan Hunter's being highly facetious, Quinn. I, <sighs> I think so. I hope so. I, I hope so. so. No, I'm pretty sure. Uh, we go to the locker room now at MSG where Mean Gene Okerlund is with Captain Willow Battle and the WWF Women's Champion the fabulous Mula. Shmula looks like she'd rather be playing bridge or something. She looks old as fuck. I know. Like, God, seriously. Like a granny. Why is she here? <laughs> like, literally someone's grandma. Albano cuts a very Lou Albano promo about how Mula's good and stuff. You know, he looks gross as usual. Oh, he's, he's absolutely disgusting. Untucked shirt. It's like he just ate, like, a turkey and it spilled the grease, like, spilled on his chest. He's, like, disgusting. <laughs> Mula says hello to all of her friends and my enemies. How nice. Yeah. I will say that was, like, a nice comment, randomly. <laughs> very nice to her enemies. Yeah. Albano, of course, feels so fine, so elated, so proud as usual. Gene Butson has said that Cindy Lauper has done a really good job of training a Wendy Richter. Albano doesn't care, though, and he says often imitated but never duplicated for the second time. Uh, he says Mula's had the belt for 12 years, and she corrects him to say 26 years. She's an ass, and seriously, she's been champ for so fucking long that she's a picture of herself <laughs> on the belt. Seriously, fuck her. 26 like, years? So dumb. We have listeners younger than that. Yes. Oh my, that, that's true, actually. <laughs> Albano then says often imitated but never duplicated for the third time. Wow. How many Wait, times? How many, this this interview is overly long, by the way. It's <laughs> yeah. like I don't. Gene keeps like continuing it. <laughs> yeah, he won't stop. Yeah, we cut now to the ringside finally, where Mula and Albano are already in the ring. Yeah, Mula all proud at a spry 62 or whatever she is. <laughs> really, and we see a little graphic on the screen that says, "Courtesy of MSG Network and Titan Sports." Gorilla and Gene are on commentary. Finkel's the ring announcer, and all is right at MSG. It's a big sellout, and girls just want to have fun. Fires up now as we see uh, David Wolf. Yeah, remember him? <laughs> yep, Cindy Lauper and Wendy Richter storming down the MSG tunnel. Oh, look at this on And Cindy is looking ultra 80s. Yep. We have like a totally tubular Wendy <laughs> and David White Wolf productions. Like, I mean, they look like the 80s. They are the 80s like, right here. Remember the, the 80s documentary they do? 
um, yeah. the one on CNN, CNN or whatever. It's like this would be like the image in them in the tunnel. They could put that like on the cover on the Netflix <laughs> thing or whatever. It is 80s. Yeah. Uh, MSG has gone bananas, says Gorilla, and he's right. Well, WWF actually did a good thing in a timely manner. <laughs> yep. It's recognizable like even today. This, yes. Like, this was smart. It's like, yeah, you know, like even looking back because Cindy Lauper after the 80s were over, I feel like she was very like historically associated with the 80s so if you yeah. showed this to somebody especially in the neons that they're wearing and everything <laughs> yeah, right, right. like people like oh that's the 80s like you know <laughs> seriously <laughs> absolutely like, yeah uh, albano makes a big scene in the ring about the music climbs the ropes hams it up with the crowd you he's know so upset about the music like him and mula they yeah. get their hands over there i'll turn off that loud music like old man yells yep. at cloud like it's <laughs> it's true yeah finkel is standing stoically in the ring the whole time which is awesome and i gotta say rick looks like a star she looks great also the vhs glow of this show is absolutely spectacular yeah. all the neons like burning through the crt <laughs> i love it i love it too yeah we get in ring introductions for this and apparently this has a one hour time i limit. hope it doesn't go that long but <laughs> okay johnny v yeah <laughs> Howard Finkel, even here, you know, was so good at that big match feel. Yeah, it's epic. Like, really? He, he makes this seem like a big deal. And right. for a women's match, too, back right. then, they didn't make a big deal about this kind of stuff. It was almost like a joke. Because it wasn't even invented yet. Yeah. That's well, the thing. Stephanie wasn't there. Right. Now, he's introduced as Captain Louis Albano, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, your pet peeve about how, like, sometimes he's loose, sometimes he's Louis. <laughs> it's and, real, though. And there's no consistency to it whatsoever. I want clarification. Yeah. Ogden, Utah. I think, to me, I honestly, I think this is because it's a big occasion. He's Louis. You think so? Like just just because it's like more people are seeing it. But he's usually Lewis, isn't he? No, no, he's not Lou. always. He's mostly Lou on the, on the regular <laughs> programming. His representative, of course, is the fabulous Pujol. She's 149 pounds. I seriously doubt Oof. that. David Wolf is introduced next. He gets his own intro, and of course, Cindy Cindy Lauper gets a very nice reaction. And I guess it really can't be understated, Quinn, how big a deal this was. Cindy Lauper in a WWF ring, and this is on MTV. This feels like a big deal. Um. One thing I, I do notice with the crowd is I don't know if it's because of MTV's feed or something with the audio. They're not as loud as I had hoped. And I'm I'm also wondering if, like, because the wrestling fans back then were, it was new to them to get this rock and roll shit involved. <laughs> maybe they didn't, like, fully understand that maybe, maybe Cyndi Lauper isn't their kind of music. Well, that then. could be true. Yeah. It's not like there was internet back then, so you could hear all the kinds of music. It's like, it's like the albums you bought. Like, true. And not everyone had MTV. This is so, true. You, you know, know what I mean? cable, like, right? So there, there could be people in the crowd. They're like, oh, I think I've heard of that rock and roll right, star, Cindy Lauper. Like, you know, that's fair. I can give you that. Uh, next up from Dallas, Texas, weighing 138 pounds. It's Wendy Richter. Nice pop for her as well. Yeah, I must know Cindy is wearing bright yellow socks and a yellow like <laughs> men's shirt. Thing with 1950s boys room wallpaper on it with with like a matching sailor hat and sunglasses it's like ridiculously it's, 80s it's so good right yeah, like it's insane now gene really wants david wolf over on commentary for lord knows why yeah wow white wolf on commentary huh? 
<laughs> I always think he's not connected, right? The White Wolf. No, he has nothing no. to do with White Wolf. Uh, the referee's going to be, uh, I don't know, Jack Lutz? Who is that? I it's the guy that always refs the women's matches at MSG in this era. Is it Jack Lutz? I think it is. I but, think it is, right? But he's actually like, he's one of those guys that sometimes gets involved in the match. Like the oh, woman, yeah. Like, what know. is the midgets on women, right? Yeah, midgets and women is his specialty. <laughs> this is true. That's his specialty. Yeah, I forget refing. his name. He's old and Jack crusty. Lutz. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Get a big stall fest to start here as Mula doesn't take off her coat and Albano wanders around the ring yelling. Mm-hmm. D- David Wolf with the good question. Why is Albano still in this ring? Well, <laughs> you know, fair. David Wolf, I'm fine with on he this. He stinks. I don't know why you have such a problem. I just with. don't like him. Uh, Mula still won't take off her fabulous Moo here as Albano yells at everyone to shut up, and he says, "Dave, dog, you shut up, you prefabricated dog biscuit." Uh, okay. What is, what that? is that? What? Okay, like I, I know what he means, like a dog biscuit that's like rubber or something. I guess is what he's referring to, but. Does he? What the, yeah, that's what a prefab, because a dog biscuit would be made of a regular biscuit. A prefab is one that's produced. But what the fuck? Why is that an insult? I don't know, because yeah. it's Lou Albano. A rubber dog biscuit, basically. What an insult. Yeah, what an insult. <laughs> Mula finally has her frock off, or whatever you want to call it, and she looks ready for a nice day of sitting on the beach feeding the seagulls. Yeah, seriously. She's got, like, Swimsuit. it's almost like a nightgown or something, too. Like, it's terrible. Like, very, like, thin Ugh. material. Lock up on an arm drag by Mula. Richter with one of her own, and Mula bails to the ropes. Boot by Mula. A right and a slap, snapmare by the hair, and then another by Mula, and she tosses Wendy out of the ring right onto David Wolf. Girl of Monsoon, by the way, we catch him for a second. He's proudly dressed in like an off white suit. I didn't suit. even get to see him, man. That went by so quick. For I like he was in off white. Yeah, like funny. an ivory colored suit. What, what is it? Fucking before Labor Day or something? <laughs> yeah, it is. As Richter falls over onto the table, Gene's like, Here, I'll help. Yeah, what is this shit? And by the way, what a fucking scene. Yeah, They're like great. all like helping her up. Yeah. Oh, we got her over on the table. Like, I'll yeah. help. Don't yeah. worry. Uh, you can hear Albano like vaguely yelling the whole time as Mula sh- slingshots Wendy back into the ring and does some nice choking. The ref barely cares about well, the choking. There, there's the rules don't matter. <laughs> yeah, this honestly, is for MTV. Yeah. I want my MTV. I want my it. MTV. Like, fuck it. <laughs> Screw the rules. <laughs> Knee lift by Mueller, a punch to the uterus by Richter, and a chop for a point five count. Arm dragged by Richter into an arm bar. Yeah, as Gene says, we have action. We're like watching a rest hold. Like, what is he talking about? <laughs> Gene also, by the way, is just blatantly calling play by play, and Gorilla sounds like he's talking into a jug of milk. Like, oh, here we are, really, man. In the meantime, Mula asserting herself in this title bout. Couple of more moves like that, Dave, and uh, you'll be out of it. I feel like with this commentary, Joe, that they were kind of like winging it because they're just like, oh, just, let's tell. just go with the excitement. It's like, all what, over the place. Yeah, it, it is really all over. It doesn't matter. They're just trying to like get this shit over. <laughs> yeah. Like it doesn't fucking matter what's going on with they, the commentary. They just want to go back to their regular MSG feed and not have to worry right, about being on MTV. Just part, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still in the armbar here. Uh, Wendy gets up to do a splash, but Mula rolls out of the way and makes it to her feet, but then she misses a splash of her own. So we see a lovely MTV graphic that this says this is live from MSG. Like, was it live, It though? was live. Okay, so they punched into, like, yeah. the, the current feed. Yes, it actually was aired live. Yeah, and I gotta say, that MTV logo is, again, stellar CRT look to it. It's like <laughs> it's like kind of like the colors bleeding out of it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know exactly what you yeah. mean. I love that glow. Uh, Richter runs over for a cover, but they're tangled up in the ropes there. Albano is still nonstop yelling this whole time. Is he mic'd up or something? Like, I cannot tell. No, or- he's near the announcement. So, so their mics are over, picking him up because he's pretty fucking loud. Like it's not like <laughs> it sounds like he's speaking into the mic. 
not like that he's like picking him up from far away. He's very close to them. And Gorilla at one point's like, well, we're going to try to get him away from ringside here. Good. <laughs> Sucks. Mula chokes Richter on the ropes and then lands a punch. Then we have some real odd shit on commentary as now Gene has the milk jug mic and David Wolf's mic is way too loud and he's blatantly just talking over Gene the whole time. All right, shot to the bench section. By Mula. I'm definitely not She's complaining. Really those ropes to be next to right now, Gorilla. What is this? Albano will get his. Oh, snap! It also doesn't help that this tape fucks up briefly and then the sound goes to shit. It's like, yeah. <laughs> then, then all of a sudden the sound's worse and yeah, I had to the turn sound, volume up. It's actually muffled yeah. like, all of it now. <laughs> yep. Mula takes Richter down, lands some stomps. I'm just wondering though, what if Gorilla made Gene give him the good mic? Oh, He's, that's funny. <laughs> just like, no, Gene, let me have that. Yeah. I want to think that that's what happened. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> also, I, 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 some of this I'm wondering if there's technical difficulties because they're piping into MTV. I mean, it shouldn't affect their headsets though. I'm just saying, who knows what can go wrong? They always had problems when they like got other things like they tried to do things where they're piping things from different places like WrestleMania then, too. yeah it's always an issue back then i, mean, I don't know maybe, i don't know if it's like the process of how that works or something maybe in the 80s. it was like, hard back then yeah. yes uh mula with more choking more hair hair pulling albana with more yelling hair tossed by mula big right by wendy though in a corner whip but mula avoids a charge both ladies are down now. Wendy's up first, but catches a chop to the midsection. Some more foot choking my mula on the ropes here. Wendy with a headbutt to the fat, and she ties mula up in the ropes in kind of like a trio woe. She stomps away to a big pop as the ref tries to free mula, while Albano makes a scene the whole time. Albano and Lopper are arguing just like the music video, <laughs> yeah, I swear. Like pointing and stuff. Yeah. Also, how can Lopper see with those sunglasses? <laughs> They're like in this like dingy MSG, you know, back when it was like still kind of dark. Yeah. It's like, I feel like it'd be actually hard to see in there. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, finally, Mula gets out. Richter grabs a full Nelson. Gorilla's selling how tight the ropes are. He's like, oh, they get really tight. <laughs> like, they hurt. It's going to be really painful. It's real. He says yeah. that. Cindy hops up on the apron to taunt Mula, but then she decides not to, gets back down. Mula breaks out of the full Nelson with a snapmare, but Richter clamps it back on again, and uh, Lopper's back up on the apron as Wolf hasn't said anything in like eight minutes, which is not yeah. a complaint. Don't worry. Uh, it, he's very spotty, but he does speak. He does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lopper whacks Mula with a towel right in front of the ref, and he does nothing. He literally doesn't give a shit. Also, it's just a towel. It's not I know. Like that bad. I know. You're right. You're yeah. right. Gorilla's fine with it, too. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> No one cares. This is for MTV. Yeah, and it's for entertainment, yeah. you know? Uh, Irish whip by Richter and a dumpy drop kick for two. Nice gut wrench play by Richter for a one count. Oh, fuck Mula. <laughs> this whole match was just one count shit. She doesn't like selling. Like, yeah, it's not it, her character. It's so annoying. The person, like I've always noticed, she doesn't sell. Yeah, it's it's very frustrating. It's annoying. Uh, side backbreaker by Wendy for a zero count. By the way, Gene called that a side breaker. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, Gorilla called it a backbreaker, which it was, and she's like yeah. a side breaker. Like, side breaker. <laughs> Shut up, Gene. This is why Gene shouldn't be calling moves. I hate it. Gorilla's been there for <laughs> since like nineteen sixty something. Gene got there in January. Yeah, like shut the fuck up and let no, Gorilla run the show. Like. Uh, we we wondered about this before. Was this a Vince thing? Like because he got him? Because remember on that like he uses him when he they, the first week they get him for like commentary. He uses him all throughout eighty four. What was that? It was like at wrestling like, of the chase. The chase. Yeah, he uses Gene all the time on commentary like, in eighty four. Very weird stuff. Yes, yeah. and then he finally realizes no, he's just the backstage guy. Yeah, and I think Gene realized it. Gene, yeah. didn't, I can tell you right now, there's no way Gene like wanted to be on commentary. You don't he just think did so? Because they like asked him to. He's okay at it, but yeah. not with Gorilla. They're t- right. They, they do the they same thing. Heads. Gorilla's yeah. supposed to throw to Gene, and yes. Gene's supposed to throw back to Gorilla. Right. That's how it works. Gene just like does the same thing Gorilla does. They just do it in parallel. Right. It's, exactly. I don't like it. Yeah. Anyway, Mula's a jerk for kicking out at zero from that. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Like, fucking sell. I know. I know. 
I know. She's pain in the ass. (laughs) She is. Double chin left by Wendy, but Mula breaks out. Both ladies are down again. I think David Wolf actually left the table, thankfully. Maybe Gorilla, like, shooed him away. I don't know what what happened, but he is supposed to be also the manager, like, the other manager. So why is he... It is weird that he's at commentary. I didn't... Yeah, I didn't understand that. Maybe it's just because, like, they're like, he's only going to be here this one time. Why don't we, like... Get him a little mic time. Yeah, and not to mention, it seems that he was the big reason this happened. Maybe they kind of wanted to give props. Like, they knew he was a fan. It's like, it's only for one match. Who cares? fan call a little yeah, wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Fair it's like, enough. It's like he did us the solid by bringing Cindy Lauper into this Good thing. point. It's she like, didn't really want to. It's like we can, we, the least we can do is let David Wolf be on commentary for five minutes. Right, like, right. you know what I mean? That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Mula with some hair pulling, which Gene would like a break. You know, give me one. Yeah. Uh, monkey flip by Mula gets one. Lauper is now more serious, Quinn, because she took her sunglasses off. Yeah, and she can see now. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Very crummy backdrop by Mula gets two as uh, Mula pulls her up. Mula now with a full Nelson. No mention of the fingers by Gorilla on that full yeah, Nelson. No, well, I it, guess it's properly applied. Yeah, or it's also like he's always nicer in the ladies' matches, I've always noticed. That's true. He he's is. very nice. He's, he's nice. respectful. Yep. Albano hops on the apron now and takes a big swing, but misses and just falls over on the I apron. He misses fat. like a fat fuck. <laughs> so like he good. just looks like a big loser. <laughs> like, yeah. Falls. Yeah. Gene sarcastically references Albano's athletic prowess, which is funny. Gorilla now sounds like he's talking into a garbage can. He's like, oh, horrible. Yeah, as some horn noises <laughs> happen. I don't that? know what that was about. <laughs> yeah. Well, Wendy had enough left to just pull out of the reach of Captain Lou Albano, and thank God for that. We have got action. Uh, absolutely horrible back suplex by Mula, and the ref counts three. Gorilla now sounds like he's in the closet. Uh, the announcers wonder who actually got pinned, though, because right. all four shoulders were down. Yeah, the, both ladies were down. Both ladies were down. Howard Finkel announces the winner, and new oh. women's champion... Wendy Richter. This had to be a shock. Right. For, for fan, as a longtime fan. Well, because Mula never lost. Yeah, she'd been the champion for 27, what? six years, like, whatever. What the hell? Since, like, the freaking, God, Eisenhower administration? Her pictures on the belt show. <laughs> like, it's true. Huge reaction, though, for Richter here is Mula can't believe it, so she drop kicks the ref. Yeah, she's, like, so pissed. <laughs> and then Albano joins in by stomping the ref. Lopa, Richter, and Woof, though, celebrate in the ring. Albano still raises Mula's hand yeah, anyway. It's a total scene. It's crazy. It's a ridiculous scene. <laughs> and then the ref is just all casually back up on his feet like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And a gorilla, history has been made. Mula tries to attack Wendy, but misses. Yeah, very huffy. <laughs> yep. And then she tries to attack the ref again, but he no-sells. He, like, waves her He's off. He's like, I'm done. Fuck this. <laughs> Yeah, stop attacking me. Yeah. Uh, we see the replay from a different angle. And first of all, this suplex is absolutely horrendous. <laughs> it did the job, though. It I was, felt. yeah, it, but it, it did the terrible. double pin spot. Oh. Yeah. And then you can see Richter clearly did get her shoulder yeah. up, though. So the finish was correct. I appreciated that there was no bullshit here. She right. clearly, like, they both did the thing right. Yeah. You know? She had it up, and Mula's were down. Yeah. Mula didn't try to, like, not sell it, it or like something. No question. That's probably the only way she would have lost, right? Yeah. That's probably Mula's yeah, finish. Yeah, I mean, Mula said, basically, like, oh, I got kind of cheated or something, whatever. <laughs> I had to look good. Yeah. I used to be slave girl Mula. Uh, the celebration <laughs> continues here as Shebop plays Quinn. Yeah, I love <laughs> the use of the music here, and I like that she came in on Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And right. she goes out on Shebop. Which like, had just come out, by the way, yeah, as a single. It's it's perfect. Yep. It's like the, the the song that everyone knows, and then they're hyping the next one. Yep, the right one that out. I think it came out like that well, month. Okay, so that's on the same album, actually, Joe. No, I do as a single. I mean, right, it as came a out. single, yes. but yeah. I know it's on the same yeah. album, but it came out in July as a single. Right. Everybody leaves as Gorilla now throws to commercial, and we go back to Alan Mullet here, who thinks Mula will be considering retirement. 
Unfortunately not. Yeah. Uh, he also says that this whole thing was an unmitigated catastrophe for Lou Albano and that he's a piece of crap and stuff he's like, like that. Over, <laughs> overly serious call of this, like, so silly yeah. crap. Like, he's all, Lou's career in managing rock and roll is in shambles. Like, what is he talking he about? He never managed rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> he says managing rock and roll and wrestling. Yeah. Like, like he's done both. God. What? Hey. Uh, Lopper says Mula went down because she trained with that fatso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, with the fat stuff, you'll see. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> hey, fat man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Richter says she doesn't have to say anything because this belt says it all. Apparently, uh, Lopper also showed showed Wendy how to put on makeup and different kinds of clothing and things like that. Different dress styles. Different dress I think styles. Says, yep, yeah, that's right. Gene wants to bring in some more dignitaries <laughs> such as... Cal Rudman? <laughs> because reasons. I don't, she is so fucking over the top here that it's not like, it's, it's so hard not to laugh. Know. Like, you know what it's I mean? Some dignitaries. Cal yeah. Rudman. Yeah. Like, like, what? He says something about a book or something yeah. he wrote. Like, well, yeah, he was great, a music guy. moments. Or, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Good music starring Cal yeah. Rudman. He wanders in like all stupidly and David Wolf makes his presence known as well. Cal says that this was an incredible match and he's so happy that Mula finally lost and Wolf tries to get a word in and uses this moment to talk about how women are good and they don't belong in the kitchen. Yeah, with, which gets a huge like amen from me. It's so weird how they acted like this was like a political know, statement or wrestling. something. Like it's like a fucking wrestling match. Like, calm down. Mula was already a wrestler, so what what image are they counteracting? Well, the other thing too is that like that this is like a big moment for women. But the thing that that's weird is she beat another woman. Like, that was a like, champion for twenty six like, years. Acting like this is like a Billy Jean King situation. <laughs> like we're like the, the, Jimmy Connors. The, the woman beat the guy like i i just I, are you referencing that for? well that's because that's what they're acting like it's like no it was like two girls wrestling like it's right. not yeah. <laughs> like it's not were, like the, what did what there already was women's wrestling yeah i, I mean if, if wendy richter beat hulk hogan then like, we're talking. yeah then that 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 statement makes sense like, or tony Gurria yeah beat him i don't know that'd be it's fine with very me. weird yeah it is weird in one breath you're like i've been the women's champion 26 years yeah okay, so there's the, been women's wrestling exactly for, <laughs> there's so much wrong with it you're yeah. right about that yeah, uh, you know what's even funnier though? Now Sergeant Slaughter wanders in to say yeah. congratulations. Cindy is all like, "Wow, it's Sergeant Slaughter!" Like she's like, oh, like, like she's like a real fan or something. Like she, she really does yell that. She it's does. amazing, Sergeant Slaughter. Wait a minute, Sergeant Slaughter. Oh, I saw that. Uh, he hoists up a lopper before leaving. Gene wants that damn champagne. He keeps asking for the champagne. Oh, we're going to get some champagne in here, please. Can I also note <laughs> yeah. uh, when when Sarge walked in and yeah. he like lifted up Cindy, I love the little like giggling as yeah. she's like, he's like, hee 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 like as he's like spinning her, her yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Meanwhile, now Hulk Hogan comes in wearing jeans and no shirt to call Wendy Richter the Marilyn Monroe of wrestling. What a weird compare. What? I don't, because she's beautiful, I guess. I don't yeah but what no that's the only thing like what else is there i don't i don't really understand i don't really get it uh in all, all honesty what do you think you think richter was good looking there i think she was yeah i know i think she's like good looking for you know 80s she had 80s, 80s, hair. 80s hot you know yeah she had 80s but, hair um i don't know like what is that I, comparison I don't even know, like what because what is Marilyn Monroe supposed to represent? Because I don't think it's about the beauty as much as like what does he mean? Like a by- real woman, like a true beautiful woman. I think. Yeah, but Marilyn Monroe had like a she was seductri- a She had a seductress kind of person, a little, like, character. But, I mean, and wholesome. She could be wholesome in the western she was in, but not as much like her character, like her 
mainstream. Like, happy birthday, Mr. President. Yeah, that was, like, more her mainstream, like, what she was known as. Dating like, Joe DiMaggio and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> Dinky well, Donuts. We're talking about Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> the Hulk with these old references. <laughs> so now, amidst all this, Lou Albano fats in wearing, like, a different ridiculous shirt. Oh, yeah, like, very Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> very Hawaiian. Almost but, like it belonged on Super Mario Brothers Super Show or something. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mario. Yeah. Uh, but the best part of this whole thing is as soon as he comes in, Hogan just punches him right in the head. This is amazing, yeah. And then Gene has a rant. He's like, get him out of here. Get him out of here. How did that idiot get in here anyway? Let's yeah. use some discretionary judgment back there. Good lord. Yeah, I also like, there's also, just on an aside, like, yeah. Cindy's, Cindy's also getting into it. It's like, get that fat yeah, yeah, away. Yeah, meanwhile. Like, she's like, with her thick fucking, like, Long Island yeah, whatever, or whatever that is. it is. That is so funny that Hogan just immediately punches him in the head. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, ugh. <laughs> like, no delay. They, Albano's like, ah! They didn't even, like, talk to him. No. Like, they just were, like, punch. And then he leaves. Yeah. <laughs> he gets out of there. Get that fat <laughs> away out of here. I fucking love Cindy Lauper. I, I love that she never, like, tried to change her voice. No, like, she's I, she, yeah. Yeah. she just like played it up. Shmola. Yeah. <laughs> Lanny Coy. Uh, meanwhile, Lopper uh, calmly talks about how Albano is a slug and yes. an amoeba. Yeah. He's a slug. He's an amoeba. I don't like him. He's fat. He stinks. Like, and then uh, Hogan wants to get Mula's ugly face. He says off that belt. Now that's a little mean. A, <laughs> I feel like I'm watching Muppet Babies with this dialogue. By the way, like it's just like seriously, it's like a scene where like the kids are yelling at each other. Muppet Babies. Yeah, like Baby Kermit and Piggy arguing. Oh, Miss Piggy. Yeah. Uh, Hulk hugs Richter as we get a close up of David Wolf teeth and then a commercial where an older gentleman gets out of a taxi it's like at the very end of the tape and that's all that's where it cuts off yeah. that's it um honestly this was fun it was stupid it was silly it was entertaining and i liked it yeah i really like this it's a nice like bite-sized piece of the 80s just no bullshit it's just like just this it's all it is it's great it really is like, this is a like I wish this shit was on the network because more people need to see how fun th- this is. And the cool thing is that next time, yes, after the holidays, two weeks space, from now, we're doing the like War the to sequel the score, to yes. this, right? Yes, and that's what I was telling you about the like the the fat they yeah, like, yeah. embellish on. They explain that, right? Yeah, that's right, folks. So next week is our festivist show, our right. holiday show. Really, we'll be reviewing a movie as chosen by you, the fans. And then the following week, December 30th, will be episode number 159, and we're going to do the follow-up, February of 1985's War to Settle the Score. Which is uh, Piper vs. Hogan, Yes, that's correct. Um, uh, that's the a, feature contest on there. Yep, about a month and change before WrestleMania, so that'll be coming up in two weeks. Next week, it will be our holiday special. But folks, thank you so much for, as always, joining us to romp through the world of retro wrestling. We really appreciate you guys listening. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do that at OVP Podcast. You can email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group if you have one. And hey, if you want to donate and you want the extra content, patreon.com slash ovppodcast. But until next week for our holiday show, we'll see you next time. I'm Joe Murata. That's Michael Quinn. And we are out of here. See ya. Hold on.
Can he get in here anyway? Please, let's use some discretionary judgment back there. Crazy, that guy. I'm telling you, he's a slug. Good Lord. An amoeba. An amoeba, that man is. I'm sorry Wendy had to try and ruin your party, but nothing can ruin the facts, and you won. Take this belt away. This is what he wants, and it's right around my waist now. get it again. That's right. Now, I wonder what Moo was thinking right now. She had that slug. She wasn't thinking when she accepted this fight. The thing is, Mean Gene, Cindy, you know, the first thing we had to do is get this ugly picture of the ugly, fabulous Moo off there and get the new Marilyn Monroe, the world's champion, on the front of that thing, man. That's the first thing we got to do. I'm sorry. That's the first thing, I'm sorry, man. Paul Cogan, Dave Wolf. Oh, my God. Cindy Lauper, Kel Rudman, new ladies champion, Wendy Richter. And the celebration has just begun. It's probably going to go on forever. Thank you.